Recorded live. Greetings, Zogling, Wonder Man's ass clowns across the hood, and Zog playing here in the open air coast coast nut house. We call Zog Bab one third in the final, but this show, as always, is aimed at the lost and found sheep of the house of Israel, ye chosen seed of Israel's race, ye who did hear Christ's call. Greetings. Uh, let's see, it's the 2nd of April, 2015. It's no longer July. And uh, hey, uh, well, I pretty well what I'm going to talk about is what's happened over the last month or so, uh, particularly you know, particularly in the bowel movement, but also all across Zog and Zogland here. Uh, you know, Friday night, I was fairly. You know, let's see, tonight's the second of August. It is what about five minutes to eleven. You know, five minutes to 12 Eastern time. And, yeah, uh, this is all my fault. It's on me, okay? And <laughs> maybe I'll just have a quick, uh, you know, uh, quick abortion of Nimbuster Tars. Uh, in fact, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give Marty and the Chummos and Marty Chummo, I'm going to give them about five or ten minutes to essentially Oh, tarred as much as they can, troll as much as they can before I go ahead and mute them here because of their names here. In any case, uh, you know, the title of it, the title of it is, didn't, you know, of 289 about 700 is, didn't Dylan Stormroof ignite a racial religious civil war too? And pretty well... What what you see, what you see, not only in the Bowman, but all around, is you just see all this hatred coming up to the top, all together coming up to the top. These people, you know, we we all hate each other in the Bowman. Now, I sort of made halfway a piece with Uncle Tom's dog, Big Bowie, and actually, to a degree, uh, Wolfowitz Whaling Wallstein. Uh, He had me on, I didn't really argue. He was really getting down on this uh, Tard called Norman, and maybe got you know got annoyed at Luke Tard McKee, you know the probably the sexual tourist who got chomos on the brain. But uh, hey, uh, you know, So anyway, I uh, well, I was fairly you know alive, and then what happens is that I. Uh, you know, took a nap this afternoon and got up around, oh, 4 o'clock. You know, I, I had about a five-hour nap, you know, today. Anyway, where was I? Uh, what I see? What I see? Less than a month and a half, Dylan Stormroof, he entered an African synagogue of anti-white hate and getting down nine niggers with the open avowal of doing so in order to start a race war. Now, folks, let's go, let's go back to another character who said he was going to start a race war, they want to claim they want to kill Jews. Trader Glenn Miller. <clears throat> Trader Glenn Miller. All Trader Glenn Miller did was embarrass a few people. Made a, you know, made a few like Rabbi Alex Linder uh, hide for a day or so before he showed back and said his internet was down in Kirksville. I mean, Kirksville is a major hub of uh, teachers' college in Missouri. Essentially, it used to be a crappy four-year school. Now it's still crappy four-year school, but supposedly it insists that those who are becoming teachers, because it started out as a normal school, or what was called a teacher norms, 
Now, way back, way back, my grandmother, you know, both my grandmothers taught, you know, school. You know, old Jenny was awful. She got glowing recommendations. <laughs> my grandmother, you know, Emma, essentially was a very good teacher. She taught me to read. So, any case, uh, any case, uh, so you had these normal schools and Truman, you know, Truman State University up at, you know, up at Kirksville where the Gutsick Widow, Kike Weasel, you know, hangs out, you know, his Bagel Bag Street and his virtual Colossomy bag. Well, hey, you know, Linder, you know, Linder was, you know, sort of hiding out for about two days. You know, me, I was having problems with Brian Rio taking down uh, whitenationalist.org. And so I was, uh, I was sort of out of it, too, here, but it was because of Brian Rio. But anyway, you know, here, here, here's Trader Glenn Miller. His little quote, want to start a race war, fizzled. So did, let's go back to 1967, 1968, 1969, something like that. Charles Manson goes ahead and cuts open, you know, goes ahead and kills some people, cuts open a Whigress who has a Jew, has a Keiklet in the oven from Roman Polanski, the so-called Holocaust survivor who just simply has to run after 19-year-old, 13-year-old Whigger pussy, and then has to run to Switzerland to France in order to hide out. Uh, and folks, he wants to start a race war. Did he? No. There was a lot of stuff going on in the 60s, you know, 50, you know, about 50 years ago, but not really, it really wasn't really possible. You know, Martin Luther King thought he had a uh, blank check on America. He, you know, he, he did really for a while. Now, now what happens is white people don't have a blank check for themselves. They're not, you know, they're not able, they're, they're not able to really afford to run away from niggers anymore. But guess what? Obongo is going to go ahead and bring niggers to them. So he's forcing the issue. And folks, I'll tell you what, you know, this, this race war, I believe, is going to, you know, it's inevitable, but it's really picked up late. And I'd like to thank Dylan Stormuth for doing so. In the last month or so, you've had, in the last two weeks, you've had a new term to apply to, you know, race trader Republican politicians. They're called conservatives. And, folks, I go over to Andre the Nigger's uh, Daily Spurmer, even though I think it's written by Jews, mainly, and a nigger some. Oh, by the way, by the way, some Jew boy, some Jew boy went to Andre the Nigger's you know, mother's house, you know, probably in the African section of town. But in any case, went there, uh, and Andre the Nigger is chipping out. And essentially what he's going to do is he's trying to get his army of trolls, his army of zogmots, his army of nimbus retards to essentially, you know, I, I, think, I don't think that the, you know, the thing to do is to trace that reporter down to where he lives with his family. You know, a whole bunch of little Jewets here and essentially say, hey, look, you can play that game. What, what, what I see, there's so much hatred being ramp, you know, ramped up, and I think it's a good thing. Now, over the last, what, month and a half, you've had 
you've had these niggers essentially they've taken down these confederate flags they have been running wild desecrating and vandalizing uh the white man's the white man's uh oh monuments in fact you had about two weeks ago you actually had real live niggers being allowed in memphis to symbolically you know go after general nathan bedford Forrest's you know uh grave site along with his wife totally illegal totally illegal because you know, as i look at you know the way to fight fire with fire essentially to desecrate nigger, nigger and Jew, nigger and Jew uh, monuments and graves. I mean, shit, they'll just be fulfilled. Just go ahead and hang their bones out to dry. They'll be eaten by the dogs and the vultures. Of course, the old nigger, nigger, you know, funerary uh, procedure is, that already happens here. They're still bitching about the sainted nigger Emmett Till here, who's buried up in Chicago or something like that. And, you know, <laughs> nigger morticians here, they're not too good about this. Maybe maybe what they do is they just simply, oh, keep a team of hyenas you know, out back here to deal with, uh, you know, deal with dead niggers here. Who knows? But in any case, you, you have, you have this stuff to where niggers are, you know, being told that, yes, they can, they can do whatever they want to the white people. And white people are becoming, you know, you know, the great goal of white nationalism is nigger, you know, wiggers need to be awakened. Folks, I think they are awakened here. What they are is that they are being put into a smaller and smaller and smaller corner. They're, be, they're being put to where they don't have any choice. Why, just a couple days ago, here's this nigger. He goes ahead and he beats a white girl, you know, with a with a with a pipe, and then, you know, tears off half her lips. It was a it was a nigger hate crime. So, folks, I don't know what the hell niggers are thinking. If they were smart, they'd realize is that you're fighting with the only people stupid enough to feed you fucking niggers. I mean, really, if we wanted, you know, white men wanted to, when things start falling apart, you know, all we have to do is just simply make sure that the trucks don't cross the George Washington Bridge or that the trucks are essentially piled up at the roadblock to where they can't go. They can't make delivery. Now, back in the old days, they used to besiege a town which had walls here. Nowadays, all you need to do, essentially, is put up, put up a tire deflationary strip, and you knock out what even one you know, one steer tire on a big rig. Well, that truck ain't going nowhere. Ain't going much further. You went ahead and essentially just put up a sign saying, "Hey, roadblock." Do not drive unless you got what four spares. Do not drive. Now just go ahead and put out one of them tire puncturing things out, and pretty well just simply kick back 
and you can stop food from going to cities. Then what happens? Well, folks, we don't have a problem with niggers getting hungry and killing Jews and rich wiggers. I mean, I really love to see, I really love to see a bunch of hungry beings eat Jeb Bush and his Mongol, you know, wife and you know, daughters and sons in the last year. I really would like to see, I really would like to see what to see in third world countries. And folks, it's going to happen because America now is a third world country. Okay? So, yeah, the, you know, the operative word is reprisal. Reprisals. Now, in the bowel movement, there is, there is a sort of civil war as well. Why I've been kicked off the country of Wallace's accidental dipshit, and he is going ass to mouth with northern Ashkenazi Jews, which is fine, which is really fine here. I mean, who cares? He's gone ahead and changed his page, but he is what he is. He's a he's a member who married into the you know the uh, you know the daughter of the founder of the Council of Conservative Citizens. Essentially, you know all this character you know Gordon Baum did is just simply try to resurrect the white citizens councils, which themselves betrayed the working class clansmen of the South. Folks, the original Ku Klux Klan was set up in 1867. It started out as a joke, but then they found out and said, hey, niggers are scared of the white man. And niggers really, and niggers and Jews. They really do sense. If you get the white man with his back against the wall, he's going to start killing. He's going he's to reach out like a white tiger, you know, sort of did against, uh, you know, Pig Sword and Roy. Go start scrunching you to a nigger head. And once he starts doing that, you know, I mean, it's so like killing pigs. You know, eating lace potato chips is so like killing pigs. You can't go ahead and just finish off one. You got to go ahead and finish off the entire fucking bag or the entire fucking canister of it. Now, you can allow some pigs to run for their lives and get blue flu like they did at Hurricane Katrina. Once these pigs start being hunted down, where are they going to go to, the niggers? That's why I keep pointing out is that, hey, the first people we need to exterminate is take a lesson from Ezekiel chapter 9 to where... You put a mark on young and old and all sexes, and those who are not on your side, you kill. You slay without mercy. And Yahweh says, start at, start at my temple. Start at my house first. Then go out to the city and destroy them. Those who are not on our side. Folks, I've many times said that in a civil war, it's not a matter of innocence or guilt. It's a matter of what side are you on? I've told some of these bastards here. You know, I mean, you know, uh, like this big six foot five, three hundred pound maniac. You must have sent him off. You know, I told this bitch. I said, look, 
if I gave him a Snickers bar and your six, you know, six-month-old your baby, he'd sodomize him. You think you'd be telling me that, hey, you must have set him off? He does what he does because he's psychotic. Folks, I believe, I believe that we need to unleash our inner psychopath. Our inner white man which just says fuck it. Ain't time to argue, ain't time to quibble, ain't time to yap, 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 yap. It's time to just fucking kill your enemies. They did wrong to you, you finish them off. There is no rule of law. There is no I don't think there ever has been. I think rule of law is just some fucking lie made up by regime criminals because they don't have the balls to keep their victims under servitude to openly. So they go ahead and they feed, they feed little lies, so like a maggot, like a Jew maggot, into their brains. And that, that little Jew maggot egg goes ahead and hatches out, and they believe, and they cast the patient. They believe they have a bill of goods, I mean rights, and they have rights, and they have duties, and there's a social contract. This sort of stupid shit. How about we just simply just put it on the line? Fuck you, Jew. Fuck you, nigger. You need to die. First one needs to die is the wigger trader. Tell you what. Tell you what, my dick. Tell you what. Tell you what, Leroy Tyrone Jenkins. You're on short rations here in the city, but I'll tell you what, yeah. How about Wigger, the other white meat? What'd be funny is if we ran up here a cornfield to where Wigger's going to go ahead and talk. That we just have the content of our character. Besides, there's some wonderful corn there. It makes high fructose corn syrup and corn oil and all that. Yeah, they want the other white meat. That's what we need to have. That's what we really need to have. Rule of law means that essentially the law is made by the new regime. What about by the 10,000 warlords? Folks, I really like, I really like the hatred which is coming out. Folks, the term conservative tells these Republicans is that they can pander all they want to the beaters. They're going to lose, folks. I mean, let's say Hillary gets in. This bitch cannot obey any law. Won't obey any law. Now, what I see, I'll tell you what I see. <laughs> By the way, old Joe Biden, you know, fat old wine piece of shit, old Bongo's little, you know, totally wigger, totally wigger, you know, ass clown is thinking of running for president, and Obongo is going to help. Obongo likes old Joe Biden. Well, Joe Biden, you know, was just gushing, you know, just licking his own mangina here when Obongo was talking about running in 2007. You know, what a wonderful nigger. Oh, what a wonderful nigger. We used to use the N-word, you know. You know, he didn't even use the Negro. Well, what a wonderful clean. 
you know, a nigger or, you know, whatever of color. And essentially, Obama's a good Whigger, good Whigger, good Whigger. I'll make you vice president. And then I'll make that bitch Hillary, you know, Secretary of State, let her fuck shit up here. <laughs> Folks, if the dead Jew, George Soros, you know, the murderous old Jew, and he's getting pretty old, George Soros, don't like that bitch. And the Democrats don't like that bitch, except for a few lesbians who think it's Hillary's turn. I mean, a pathetic old bitch. Nobody wants that bitch. Nobody wants that bitch. Hell, I don't think old Bill wants that bitch. But suppose he has another intern up here with big kids here. He has has Jennifer Flowers' granddaughter or something here, or, well, might as well be. He got a wiggerous big chit, supposedly, here. Oh, Hillary knows all about it here. You know, but Hillary, she's not into slut-shaming anymore. I mean, hell. You know. <laughs> oh, oh, Hillary can do the lesbo shit here. But anyway, nobody wants that bitch. But, folks, nobody wants Jim. Number one conservative. Number one conservative. And yet he got billions, millions of dollars from other Republican wiggers who think that the fucking gravy train is going to continue. Well, it's not. It's not. Republican, the Republicans have pretty well put themselves into a corner. Look, there's not enough money to buy off the niggers and beaners and the rest, is there? You can spend her all you want. The Democrats will offer more. But hell, the Republican, you know, the white, you know, what few white Republicans in the middle class remain, they're not going to want anything to do with you. They don't give a shit for cockabee. Nobody gives a shit except a few old and ailing cards who sort of think that the same old shit which worked. Since 1980, it's still around, but there is no Republican coalition. I don't know, but you know, I mean, if they if they try to go ahead and pass old Jeb, old Jeb, why hell? You know, I mean, you know, I, I think I think you know, I think that the rest of them. Their very guts will go ahead and rise up here, rise up and strangle old Jeb. Well, it worked out so good in 2012. It worked so good out in 2008. You know, have Grandpa, you know, the Manchurian McCain date. The guy even worse in 2012, you know, four years ago, is anybody but fucking mittens. Hell, you have this uh, Bill Cosby type nigger. Uh, what was his name? Herman Cain? You have old Herman Cain. You know, uh, essentially he was a proto-Cosby. I mean, he was just like every other nigger. Had to pay off money for all, you know, trying to go ahead and get, you know, Wigris and, you know, anglo mestizos pussy. But hell, he wasn't near the rapist here that old Cos was. But anyway, you know, he didn't go, I mean, even a nigger, even a nigger had more votes than men. Everybody, you know, Michelle Bachman, I don't know if you remember, you know, Michelle Bachmanzer. I don't know if you remember any of these people. 
Newt, Newt Genius getting rich here. You know, was over Mittens twice. Nobody wanted Mittens. No, 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 Mittens. We ain't gonna take. We ain't gonna go ahead and take our Cuckster oil. No, no, Mittens. Well, guess what? They got Mittens. Republican Party establishment got mittens. Nobody liked mittens. Mittens got, you know, mittens got, you know, whooped by a nigger. So like Hillary did. Mittens got whooped by a nigger. A nigger yield. <laughs> and folks, nobody wants Jim. I mean, hell. I mean, I mean, both both political parties are becoming increasingly irrelevant. But hey, Republicans want jab as much as Democrats want Hillary. Oh fuck! You in my swing? No, I don't want to do that. I know you're doctored. Hell, for the first time ever, the bowel movement is in better shape than the Democrats and Republicans. Ain't that a hell of a deal? Ain't that a hell of a deal? So, in any case, what I find find hilarious is, uh, hey, Dylan Stormroof. Okay, well, I see, see. Uh, Marchomo, you have about five more minutes of that. We'll play. We'll play musical Marchomos here. You know, uh, when when I take the break, Marchomo will suffer a <laughs> a collar abortion, a nim bust, a nimtard abortion here. But anyway, where am I here? Uh, no, I mean I, I I look I look the more I I think and go ahead and look at Dylan Stormroof, the higher the regard I have for this young white man. I really do. At first I thought he was an assassin, and I thought he was a schizoid, and then I thought he was just simply a young white man who had enough. But folks. It shows that there is plenty out there, people nobody knows about, nobody knows about, who just one day wake up and make up their mind to do what they need to do. And then they are at church, they have their gun, 45 cowboys who good for that nigger, 45 colt, you know, Fires 45 Colt automatic rounds here, 45 caliber. It's perfect for shoot holes and niggers. You know, I mean, heck, this is a high caliber. This is 9 millimeter, which will just wound some niggers. No, no, this will, it wounds some niggers. They'll kill more than it wounds. Comes in there, and then he thinks a bit for it here, and he checks it out, and then he does, waits an hour, but then he does what he sets out to do. And then, of course, he runs with every wigger paw and every nigger paw and every mystery meat paw against him here. 
He's caught. He knows his life is pretty well over, but folks, it isn't. Think of it. Some young kid, some young white kid, goes ahead and commits a crime against Zog Babylon, and it takes him a whole fucking year. Never go to trial. Never go to trial. Folks, if you really want to stretch it out, you know, I, I've, I've been on the other side of the fence here. If you want to stretch things out here, you can. Just a man be your own lawyer. That'll, that'll, that'll go ahead. <laughs> of course, the bad, you know, the, the, the bad, you know, uh, just be your own lawyer. That'll add two or three years to it. <laughs> By the time, by the time, by the time you decide that you've gotten tired of the Risperidol, the Haldol, the Ativan, you know, essentially want to say fuck it here and play games with the trial, maybe you know, say I'll accept the public pretender, like Trader Glenn Miller did. It's too late. It's too late to go ahead and go back. Trader, Trader Glenn Miller's going to turn, you know, going to turn uh, his little his little uh, circus. He's guilty as hell. He's a drunken lumpy Melungeon, you know, Melungeon Zogbot tart. But he's gonna make he's gonna make what's going on into a fucking circus. James Von Braun. He wasn't all apologetic. Folks, the thing to do is if you are caught dead to rights. Yeah, sure. I killed I killed nine fucking niggers and shot another two or three here who I tried to kill. Uh I hate you fucking niggers. You niggers need to die. What of it, Zog? I'm pretty not guilty. I'm going to make you go for the dog and pony circus show. Want to do that? You can't. The more, the more I look at Mr. Dylan Stormroof, the more admiration I have for that young man. I don't have much admiration for the bowel movement. I don't have admiration for pussies and conservatives and ass clowns and liars and dog bots and dog tards and mongrels and pisser possums and all these other tards. I don't have any respect for them at all. None. But I have, I have absolute admiration for Mr. Dylan Storm Roof. And I hope that unlike Joe Paul Franklin, who essentially was compromised by Trader Glenn Miller, I hope he remains strong. I remember, you know, I remember, you know, in the nut house when this old liberal social worker who actually had actually written a book, which was a standard, even though he was not a doctor. He's talking to me and these three niggers. I can't believe you people are so strong. I can't believe you people are so strong. What you do? And three niggers, and I look at them. 
And usually I would I would go ahead and mess with their heads. The, you know, the niggers usually say, what the fuck is that, that wizard tar yapping about? I said, look, all three of us are accused of horrendous crimes. And it doesn't really matter if we're innocent or guilty. In fact, it's worse for us if we're innocent. Because at least, at least, uh, we didn't commit the crime for which we are more than likely going to be punished and railroaded. But it doesn't really matter. What really matters is we don't have any choice but to hang tough. Because this criminal regime of yours is not going to show us any mercy. And when it's our turn on top, we're not going to show you any either. You see, the white white has no interest in re-educating people. Well, folks, that, that, this idea of re-educating an environment can change things. That's, you know, that's left-wing communist and essentially acme of that notion was from this uh, tard, Bolshevik tard named Timoshenko you know, or Lyshenko. His name was Lyshenko. He believed that you could train winter wheat to sprout in a Siberian snowbank. And so Joseph, Joseph Stalin made him his minister of agriculture. Now, I think maybe in the 30s, when they were trying to collectivize the farm here, they starved out the Ukrainians. But folks made a Bolshevik Lysenkos, the very first Lysenkos, although they all believe the same thing, into his minister of agriculture, and the result was starvation. You can't train wheat to sprout in a, even in a Siberian snowbank. Hell, even Siberian wheat has not learned that trick yet, much less Ukrainian wheat. What you do is you plant something in the season for which it is meant to be planted. It is what it is. Be they wheat, be they turnips, be they dogs, be they ponies, be they men, or be they true men. You see the white light has a different view. It's more like J.R.R. Tolkien. Lord of the Rings. Why, the only niggers you had was the Dunlendings and the Easterlings, and they were bad people because they were, they were servants of Salah. Just like Jews and niggers are servants of Satan. You can't educate something for which it has no aptitude. You can't educate a nigger. I mean, Zog is not a, you know, they like protestant proposition nation, but it's not. Essentially, Aragorn, Aragorn was king because he was of the kingly line from Numenor. And so he had to butcher out a whole bunch of orcs, a whole bunch of Easterlings, a whole bunch of, well, Balrogs and demons and the rest here. They were evil because that was their nature. You couldn't educate Sauron to be good. Oh, Sauron, please, we'll give you a ring if you want to be nice. 
So one of those rings, sort of like the constipation of the United Snakes here. One one constipation to you know rule them all. One constipation to find them. One constipation to bring them all, and under Satan bind them. It doesn't even matter what so-called form of government you have. I mean, I think I think kingship was better because you get tired of the king. You go ahead and kill the king and his family and those who served them and not even give them proper burial. Let the dogs and the buzzards have a nice bit of feasting here. Yum, 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 yum. And you find another king. Now, essentially, the first generation would be, oh, he'd, he'd know. He couldn't do whatever the fuck he wanted. His, his son, like Solomon, would think he could do whatever the hell he wanted because there was peace in the land. And then the third one, like Rehoboam, would fuck shit up because he was weak and people were tired of his shit, of that dynasty shit. Now we have a republic, a so-called representative democracy, which represents Jews and corporate corporate interests and niggers and Jews and Mongols, every single beaner that comes in. Folks, what we've seen in the last month and a half is open hatred. Essentially, they've been showing exactly what they have planned for us. And those of us who really are resistance, should likewise tell them what we have planned for them. There's nothing for you. There's not even a nice, comfortable re-education camp. There's only death. There's civil war. We're going to do whatever the hell we have to to survive. And those who don't like it, well, guess what? They're going to have to go ahead and kill or be killed. They're going to have to do what it takes to survive. Whether or not they want to, you know, heck, that's why I like, that's why I like zombie. That's why I like zombie pictures. This was before The Walking Dead came out. I told the social worker I love zombie pictures because such was so much in real life. Zombies are like wizards. They want to claw you out. They want to kill and eat you and your family. They just want to go ahead and just eat your flesh. If you let them, what you need to do is you need to destroy your enemies. Oh, he he heard that. He, you know, I think he thought. I think he thought I was a sociopath, but you know, hey, he ran off. He didn't really want to hear it. Oh, what I liked here is that you know he was telling me what an asshole I was. And then there was this six foot three nigger who was a psycho who'd been in the house for about oh. About 30 years, he went ahead and bopped him on the nose over some shit here. Essentially, you know, the Whigger, the Whigger uh, social worker had to go ahead and eat that up here. You know, he had to go ahead and take his, you know, his, uh, essentially his nose beating by that nigger. I said, well, hey, you going to go ahead and write old Tommy up here? Uh, I think he's level one, week one. <laughs> you like hearing that. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and take a break here. Uh, but what I want to say is that, uh, you know, Dylan Stormwolf, I believe, has found a time, you know, has found a time you know, which has come. 
Now, whatever despair drove him to do this here, he did the right thing. He's going to be immortal because, folks, we're going to remember him because what we're going to see is we're going to see him have exactly what he wants here. Folks, there's always been the prospect of Civil War one, and then there was the prospect of Civil War two. In the 1850s, Zog went ahead, Zog before the Civil War one, went from crisis to crisis and compromised to compromise, and folks, everybody was compromised out. And then, and then the end result was, hey, fuck it. Let's kill. Let's destroy. Let's finish this shit off. Let's go ahead and have our civil war. So they did. And the South could have won so easily, but it was not Yahweh's will that it should do so. That's why I was trying to tell Wolf Wilson this morning. He has his own little notions about why Jews are the way they are. He doesn't agree with Kevin McDonald's. You know, he hasn't read any of Kevin McDonald's 495-page book, even though I read about 25 or 26 pages. So I got, I got, uh, I got five or six words why Jews are the way they are. Jews are the spawn of Satan. Six words. That's why Jews act the way they do. They're the spawn of Satan. Is there a spawn of Satan? They do their father's deeds. I mean, if you want to, if you want to have it emphasized a little bit more, why I look at John eight forty four. Speaking of which, I had to laugh at Pickle She. He was whining like a pussy uh, the other night about how Eli James and you know, and also myself are going ahead and making fun of you know Pickle She's family and you know the fact that you know, hey, his you know, he's a Jew. He's a piece of shit, Jew, and essentially he's not what he claims to be. He's just simply a papist, preterist, no-devil Jew boy. He was whining about that. He's whining more about Eli James here. That's what I find funny is that the Ashkenazi Jews hate the Sephardi Jews more than they actually hate the uh, you know the white goyim here, a.k.a. me. You know, Eli, I mean, if you gave gave Finkel Shimi one bullet, he'd plug Eli, you know, he'd probably plug Eli James first, although I can't count on that for sure. Folks, you have, in this cut tree, you have everything fall apart. You have fractures. You have fractures, you know, between, say, the house, you know, the tribes of Judah and the tribe of Ephraim. Way back when they were wandering the promised land, for, you know, the Sinai Desert. And then during the days of the judges, there was another one. And then during the time of David, there was another fracture. And essentially, it, it came to a head after, well, David's grandson, Rehoboam. But that fracture always existed. Folks, there are fractures which have always existed in Zog Babylon. But what you see is that you see the fractures just opening and widening, and you don't see any means of gluing them together. I mean, it's sort of like dealing with a, I will say a billiard ball, 
which has already been cracked apart by hammer, but somehow it's been sort of put together, but there's no glue between the chips of it. And unless there is a fist around it to keep it together from the outside, the inside is not going to hold, hold together. And that is the system we have in Zog Babylon today. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and take a break, and we'll be back in about four or five minutes. I'll go ahead and look at the chat. And essentially, uh, there's two tards. There's two tards who are going to suffer. Who's going to suffer a uh, a abortion, a uh, nimbuster tard abortion? So they need to uh, essentially figure out when it's time to call it a night. So we're going to uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, about two or three minute timeout. Until then. Hail victory.
Welcome to TalkShoe. Please enter the call ID followed by the pound key. You may access the call up to 15 minutes before scheduled start time. Welcome to TalkShoe. Enter your PIN followed by the pound key. If you are not a TalkShoe member, Okay, I'm back. I hung up the beaner phone. I'm on Skype now. In any case, uh, let's see. That means that if anybody wants to call in, uh, Cornelio Condrenu here, you can call in. Uh, Tattered Flag thought you were uh, a pisser possum, though. And I explained to him is that there is a uh, there is a great difference uh, between your accent and that of the uh, the old pisser possum here. In any case, we're back. Uh, to me, usually the monologue is sacred unless it's somebody who I really uh, want to have on and who insists that they want to be on first. So in many cases, then I'll take their call first. Like if I had Russ Walker on, uh, it seems to me that Johnny Tonto Britton, who was guest number 13, while he was on for a little while, and then you know he ran off here, uh, essentially... I got, I got all of a sudden. It looks like Russ Walker, and it looks like Johnny Tonto are back from vacation or whatever, or from working or something like that. And essentially, I've gotten okay, okay. Let me see. I'm listening to that here. Oh, they have a look us on. Oh, four views already. So I guess I'm view number four or five. Anyway, I I wanted to, I wanted to, uh, you know, have that show. I didn't send out an email. But I'll I'll go ahead and work on that. Uh, I had some fairly good you know, earlier this week. I got a letter, you know, got a newsletter from the uh, city council, the small town in which I bought my church, and they were yapping about how now they have two police officers and this you know part-time police officers, and so they're going to enforce the ordinances. So I went ahead and called the guy who. Uh, you know, one of the guys who I have looking after my church called me. You know, I had worried about it. He called me and said, my church is just fine. It's not doing anything. I had planned maybe to rent it out to somebody like the NSM or something like that for the weekends or something like that. And I said, nah, I'm not in a big hurry to do that because, hey, uh, ever since old Dylan Storm Roof went and shot them coons here, now – Supposedly, people are you know, burning churches, not only around in the south here, but, uh, oh, this weekend, a bunch of tards went ahead and vandalized and burglarized about 10 churches, and they got caught. So more than likely, they'll have a number of years in prison. But, uh, hey, uh, I do want to keep it so – I want to keep it so essentially he's, you know, he's telling me that uh, – the church is fine. 
the grounds around the church. They're fine, too. And essentially, these stupid ordinances, these retards, you know, play, they're enforcing them if they're enforcing them at all. Now, they're mentioning that they couldn't enforce them. Well, guess what? The county, it's sort of like, sort of like with Corn Cob. Up in Leaf, you know, the sheriff, the sheriff, essentially the uh, the county commissioners just simply told Leaf is that, hey, just simply shut down your crappy little town and essentially let it revert to the county. And then, you know, then Corn Cobb won't be able to do anything because he won't be able to get, what, 29 or 3,500 votes here. Now, Corn Cobb, Corn Cobb couldn't get anybody to come. Now, they already had April Gady and her little meerkat husband working, but that was before it became famous. Couldn't get Alex Linder to show up? Well, I didn't expect him to get Tom Metzger, but essentially, Corn Cobb, all he could find was a little, uh, was a little uh, tard uh, from the NSM who essentially just got in trouble. You know, Corn Cobb brought him in trouble. That's what you know. That's what's common in this movement. Uh, Corn Cobb, Mo Gullet getting you know Mongol tar, other Mongol tars in trouble. That's what the style movement is about. Oh, by the way, it looks like old Rodney Martin has pretty much abandoned his American Nationalist Network, or maybe he's too busy taking care of his uh, uh, wife or something like that. And I, I have I have the same problem. That was one of the things because. Uh, I had to uh, take care of Roxy a little bit, uh, you know, today. Uh, pretty well, I had, you know, I had fresh bedding, and essentially we changed all the sheets and all this sort of thing here. But in any case, uh, things are going okay for me. They're going just fine. You know, now I don't expect rule of law. There is no such thing as rule of law, and that's what we need to understand here. But I'm looking, I'm looking at the chaos and the fractures. And you have the biggest cucks of white nationalism calling the Republicans cucks, but essentially the Republican cucks don't know that these old Whigger cucks like Jared Taylor or Cuthair Walrus, that they're cucks too. So essentially we have a cuck-cuck fight here. You know what I mean? Now, in this movement of bowel the bars, there's always, there's almost always someone who is more to the right of you. But not so in my case. <laughs> I mean, hey, uh, I have I have my right flank way out there, and I have everybody else, you know, the bowel movement to the left here. You know, uh, bowel movement either Jews or Mamsers or whatever, you know, it can be here. I was listening to uh, Dewey Tucker's show here. Uh, we had we had Johnny Tonto, and he, oh, he was. Uh, see, he thinks he's smart here. But he was yapping. He was yapping about how I had destroyed the truck, which wasn't true. But I had topped off the trailer, and I did top off the trailer. I told Johnny Tonto that. You know, I didn't tell all the other Nimbuster parts that. So essentially, uh, Johnny Tonto was guest thirteen. He was on. He was trolling a little bit, which is fine. Uh, you know, I was. I was looking at. I was looking at the stuff. I really helped. I really helped Johnny Tonto. I really helped him a lot. I helped him with his legal, you know, I helped him with his legal bullshit. I helped his 
sister and his brother-in-law. I helped his oldest daughter with her divorce. I helped, uh, I tried to help even his criminal, you know, Anglo Mestizo criminal uh, nephew Jeff with his stuff. But old Jeff was such a criminal, you know, drunken criminal that, you know, I mean, you know, there was no helping him. Uh, you know, and, and, and the thing about it is when, when it comes down to it, Johnny Tonto is pussy. You know, he, he, he goes ahead and he whines about his screwing. And, you know, it's up to me. And I got him, oh, you know, he came back from Alaska when he got screwed over in the summer, you know, well, the early fall of 2010. You know, he had $15 in his pocket. They were going to abandon him up in Alaska. Now, maybe he should have gone ahead and looked up his uh, second uh, Cherokee non-faggot, uh, you know, lawyer son, and had him do it. But hey, I helped Johnny Tonto get fifty-eight hundred dollars of about two thousand, you know, twenty thousand was owed him here. Maybe at the you know thing, but he, he let his wife, he let his, uh, he let his French Canadian wife go to his money like crazy, and like he's always done ever since I've known him. And then later on, you had uh, Brian Rio, who was, you know, wanted his man pussy here, like you wanted Victor Switzer's man pussy. And, you know, essentially, I helped Johnny Tonti quite a bit here. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> see, see what, what you do is you find out the truth here, and then you write up a motion. And these judges are not used to having lawyers, which pretty well tell them out, up to their face here, they're not obeying the law, that they're a bunch of crooks. And essentially, I mean, I had this one character, you know, uh, you know one, of, one of Johnny Tonto's rich Mormon friend had, you know, helped his first daughter, and she was about to get divorced from this piece of shit, and then she, she lied while Johnny Tonto was driving the truck, loaded up, and she jumped in the first, you know, the first, son-in-law's car by mom and pretty well destroyed you know i mean this this was a smart criminal in the son-in-law he might have been part jew or whatever but in any case you know he sort of he sort of you know betrayed everybody and there was this ball breaking bitch who, who was about to have him on the ropes well hey you know, by this time, you know, by this time, you know, he goes ahead and he gets his green-toothed, you know, idiot mother to write out a threat against uh, the Pocatello, uh, Idaho, I, I forget, Bonner County or something like that. I forget what county it was in here. You know, uh, not Boundary, not Kootenay. It was, uh, you know, in Pocatello, which is on the other side. And essentially, they you know they had U.S. marshals who went ahead and you know threw in jail and SWAT teamed his oldest daughter who weighed about maybe 105, 110 pounds here. I mean, shoot, Johnny Tonto's daughters, you know, his oldest one and number five, they look like they look like Anglo Mestizo hillbilly women. You know, the uh, the middle three sort of look like uh, you know they they look white here. You know what I mean? You know, they're they're the big girls here. They're the big girls, although number four is the best one of the lot here. But anyway, you know, number four, I, I've told Tonto is that him and his wife need to essentially put their 
you know, put most of their time and effort and money in daughter number four because that's the one that's going to keep you know both Tonto and Lorindo out of the nursing home. And you know, hey, I mean, you know, I I really was close to old Tonto. You know what I mean? But he's back and he's you know he's shitting all over Rusper here. I mean, Rusper, you know, Rusper got outed as a Sicilian, and here's old Tonto. He's stirring the shit up. To cause trouble, you know him, Rusper, and this we lost Talmudic follower of year Davidy named R. D. Bradshaw. You know he's an old fart. Maybe he's dead now, but uh, essentially they're stirring shit up in the summer of 2013, <laughs> and essentially just blows up at the tail end of 2013, and then January 5th, 2014, and then Johnny Tantu just you know. Calls me up for a death threat or something like that. So, Tonto's back, and you know, thank you, Tonto. Maybe twenty-three is Tonto here. Who knows? In any case, here. I, <laughs> okay, here. Well, hey, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you have all these people that they are so dismissive here. So, sort of like old Johnny Tonto's dismissive old Rusper. Rusper will yap the same old stupid shit. And Tonto knows a little more about dual seed line Chris and Dante. I mean, but he's hanging around the pisser possum. By the way, I listened to Obi Genderbender's uh, first racial podcast, OZ1 or whatever. And you know, the Obi Genderbender was pissing and moaning about the chinks buying up Australian farmland and buying about, what, a million? Australian cows and sheep to essentially feed and bringing in 5,000 chinks to work at the slaughterhouse to slaughter the 1 million, you know, 1 million, what, Australian cows and sheep that they're going to have here. Well, folks, uh, you have you have these Republican conservatives. They have the notion that they can, well, betray whoever the hell they want to, whenever the hell they want to betray them here. And what are you going to do about it? They, they sort of think, but, but it occurs everywhere. It occurs at the Granby City Council level. It occurs at this town, which is about a ninth the size of Granby. About a ninth the size of Granby, and it was what? I was, I was, looking, I was looking in the county... You know the county seat newspaper, and they was ta- talking about how this particular town had been literally on the river, on the Missouri River. Uh, it it actually, you know, right where that church is at, it used to be you know one of the little raised elements here up on the hill. It used to be a raised element here to where you know literally you would have you would have this wharf, you would have this wharf coming into the Missouri River from around where my old church is at here. It's about 100 years old, I don't believe. I think it was built in the 20s or 30s or something like that. But, hey, the town died. The town died when the river the river moved south for about a mile and a half. Now, you can see the river from my church, and you have a big old, you have a big old, uh, you have a good-sized railroad tracks, which come, the train comes by every 15, 20 minutes here. You know what I mean? But hey, I mean that 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 church could be a money maker. 
you know, if I was able to run this year. But anyway, you have all these little big towns, and whenever you have people, they immediately try to abuse their power as best they can. And that creates that creates a friction on everyone. They 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 really hate being treated that way. They really do. So any case here, yeah, all right. Well, all right. That's best. Everything for sale. Well, capitalism. Let me consider it. What does it mean? It means that the that the economic benefit doesn't go to those who create it. It goes to those who have, well, you know, who are able to maintain the the money supply, which means Jews. Communism and capitalism are two sides of the Khazar Jew, of the Khazar Jew uh, coin here. Uh, oh, Wolfowitz Wellingwallstein, he was, you know, he really got down on uh, this, you know, this uh, nitwit called Norm here, who I found to be a tard, and I think he was sort of a little bit down on old uh, Puke McKee. I tried. I tried to explain to him is that uh, you know I really asked more questions than anything here. Did you read? You know, he doesn't like Doctor Kevin McDonald. I said, Well, did you read his book? Well, no, I have bad eyesight. I can't read his book. All right, well, fine. No, no need to. You know, no. I mean, you know, I ought to give up airs here. I read about twenty-five, twenty-six pages. I read the preface and part of the first chapter, and then glanced at the rest of it here. A four hundred ninety-five page. Book in PDF where Dr. Kevin McDonald's culture critique says that Jews are different than white people. And he comes into where they're a parasitic, they're a parasitic bunch here, and he has his notions based upon his ideas of anthropology, which is fine. You know, but you know, like I like I told, like I told uh uh, Wolfowitz Weatherwall student this morning. I mean, you know, rather than read 495 pages of why Jews are different than white people, just simply say, Jews are the spawn of Satan. That's six words. That explains why they're different, because they are born evil. And we were talking, and essentially, you know, Wolfowitz Weatherwall student wants to go ahead and claim about dirty kite Jews. So I guess there are good kite Jews, or there are. You know, Jews, which are not kites here, who are not powerful, little Jews. And folks, I have seen self-loathing Jews who blame the big Jews like the Rothschilds for everything. But no, they're all the spawn of Satan. Now, I have used, I have used a few self-loathing Jews to well, spy on the bow moment. But you never trust them because you got to remember, that, hey, they got that satanic serpent seed, you know, within them. And since they got that serpent seed, you don't want to turn your back on them. You know, even if you, even if you think it's a nice Jew, like Daryl Bassarab or, you know, the one who gave Martin Luther a copy of the Talmud here. Even a good Jew, you know, if you're stupid here, you turn your back on them, they're going to go ahead and play werekike on you. And the old snout will come out here and the fangs, and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll have their old teethers on your neck. Sucking your blood, you know, and they can't help it. They're Jews. I mean, they're the spawn of Satan. 
That's the way they act. And I was trying to explain where did Cathars come from. And, you know, I mean, he didn't really know. He had much speculation. Oh, they were Orientals. They were this. They were that. They appeared from China. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I said, no. They've always been around. And in their previous empire, they were the Hittites who were, you know, not destroyed any more than Stanislaus, who was Prince Vladimir's grandfather, destroyed them in 910. He didn't destroy the Khazars. He merely destroyed their power. So, uh, you know, any more than the Galatians destroyed the Hittites, they just simply destroyed their power at the tail end of the late Bronze Age, around 1200 or 11. You know, there, there's a book out. They they have it they have it down pat to 1188 or 1187 BC, which is fine. This one's 21 years from 1200. So, folks, just like today, just like today. You know, here's Ramses II, and you have the Hittite Empire at the height of its power. You have the Egyptian Empire of the New Kingdom at the height of its power. And they meet at Kadesh. You know, they meet at Kadesh, and they, they, fight, they fight it to a draw. They fight to a draw. What, in what, 1278, 1279, something like that? Well, Ramses and the Hittites cut a deal. And there are two empires. It's sort of like, you know, Zog America cut a deal with old Gorby of the Soviet Union. They cut a deal. But after... You know, after Reagan, things start falling apart. And I told you about when I was in the army about how how the Czechs were not hard ass like you know like the Prussians. And some of my ancestors came from Prussia. They were Saxon or Franconian peasants moved in by the Teutonic Knights. You know the. Uh, the ancestor, the oldest ancestor of which I know anything about is Walt, Corporal Walter Schmidt, who was killed by the frogs at Sedan at the very first, you know, in September of 17, 1870 at Sedan Day. I don't see how he couldn't have seen it coming, but he died. Uh, he was killed at Sedan at the very first Sedan Day in September sometime. I don't know exactly when it was. You know, uh, in 1870, my great-great-grandfather and my great-grandfather, you know, I know I know the names of all my great-grandparents and their families, which makes me somewhat unusual for most Americans. You know, unlike Johnny Tonto, I don't claim that I'm descended from Kink Saul. But, you know, I mean, oh, you know, pretty well one of my ancestors I can trace from about 1850. And then another one, you know, uh, you know Charles Samuelson, a.k.a. Carl Svensson. You know, 1863. Heck, he must have, he must have, he must have lived 
quite some time because, let's see, I was born in 1957. Well, Carl would have been about 20 or 25 in 1863, so he'd have been born in, what, 1840 around? And he lived to, what, he died in 1927? So, shit, he must have been, well, just like most of my ancestors, you know, most of my ancestors on the uh, Samuel side, Samuelson side must have lived to be in his, you know, late 80s, maybe early 90s here. You know, of course, you know, he didn't marry the Osborne side of the family, which what he had has a habit of killing, you know, either their mother or their husband or whatever here. So in any case, where am I at here? Yeah, well, I mean, that was sort of, you know, that was sort of, I mean, my grandmother had a picture of some Prussians. And her brother John was a sniper in World War One. He was a hell of a good shot. And I remember going to that old man's studio where he was into taxidermy. He was quite the hunter. He was quite the shot, and he, he became quite the taxidermist. He had fish. He had eagles. He had uh, prairie dogs and coyotes and badgers and prairie dogs and, you know, ferrets. And, you know, I mean, he had all sorts. He had about, he even had, a, I think he, he may have even had an African critter or two. I don't know if he went to Africa or not here, but maybe he did. I don't know. So he uh, actually, you know, stuffed animals for other people. I think it was Alpena, South Dakota. So in any case, uh, went down there and, uh, you know, know, I mean, she went and visited her older brother. She was toward the tail end. They had, what, eight or nine or ten kids here. So anyway, you know, they... uh, What? Hold up. In any case, I'm, you know, let's see. So he was a Jew? I don't know about you. So, yeah, uh, you know, pretty well, pretty well, uh, my grandfather, he was too young. He was born in 1894. Well, he... He was deemed too young to be in World War One and too old in World War Two. And my dad, he was sort of crippled. So, hey, uh, you know, after World War Two, we didn't have to actually fight our cousins or like uh, wrestle. But my grandmother had a picture of two Prussians. I mean, tall, sandy-haired men with the Kaiser Bill. Mustaches and you know them fancy little helmets they call pickle strube or whatever here with a little spike on the thing here. You know what I mean? You see sort of like in Hogan's Heroes or something like that. And hey, one of them, you know, they both had iron crosses, first and second class. And you know, the uh, lieutenant had a swagger sticky thingy and jiggy. And what happens? They look. I said I've never seen a more Prussian pair of Prussians. And my grandmother kept track of them until 1924, the year of the Great Inflation. And they they disappeared. They were the uh, they were the sons of uh, Ernst and Dan's uh, sister Marguerite, who married a uh, 
who married a uh, well married a, another Prussian. Uh, you know, he was a lieutenant of reserve infantry from Berlin or something like that, which was you know, rather high, you know, high class. So hey, there are Linsteads and there are Schmitz who fought for the Kaiser, and presumably they fought for Hitler. And I guess some of them died. There's a there's a there's a Martin Linstead, Martin D. Linstead, who's 12 years younger than me. You know, who came from Pomerania, Swedish Pom, you know, formerly Swedish Pomerania, came from Pomerania, and essentially was born and raised in Magdeburg, who lives in Eastern Germany. So yeah, there's a number of them. Uh, so hey, uh, got a number of relatives who come, you know, from well over there here still. Any case, that's against the. All right. What the fuck's you end up having? Oh, is this the St. Cloud? Well, South, the, South Dakota Swedes, South Dakota Swedes do not like Indians at all. And I don't know what the hell they would do with Somalian niggers. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it gets, I think it gets colder in South Dakota than it does North Dakota. I don't know what the hell Somalian niggers, I don't think Somalian niggers would last very long. Uh, I mean, you know, a small South Dakota, 30-mile town, you have about everybody working. I mean, if you're, if you're in... If you were in what West River, South Dakota, what the hell are you going to do there? Now you can get up, make yourself breakfast, dinner, supper, and essentially do nothing. But the problem is with a thirty-mile town is that somebody needs to run the combination gas station. General supply store bar and post office. So usually somebody is very busy. I mean, uh, you, you'll have you'll have the uh, you know. I mean, Miller, South Dakota had a hospital. You know where most of my uh, where essentially my two brothers and sister. I was the only one you know born in Pierre. They have a hospital. They have what? Oh, two. Uh, they have a tractor tractor supply company. They have two grocery stores, four convenience stores. They have they have twice or two and a half times the business that Granby does. Granby's a dentist town in southwest Missouri here. But here you have here you have in you know in South Dakota. And folks I don't really see, you know, Somalians moving in. Now folks, I don't really give a shit. Uh, I remember a bunch of Swedes from St. Cloud or Norwegians, and they were all liberal. I thought they were all a bunch of communists here. You know, they were nice people, but, you know, they were you – know, they, they had sort of liberal arts you know, school, which is sort of liberal art faggy in my opinion here. So if they if, – if, if some of these tards want to demonstrate, you know, on behalf of Somalian niggers, 
What do you do with stupid people like that? I think they I think they need to be robbed and raped and killed and eaten by niggers. I don't see what I don't see why Somalians are pretty, you know, deemed dangerous. I mean, you know, you have these here little you know, these little niggers here and they got big noses, they look like Jew niggers. I remember this one little Jew nigger, well he wasn't too smart and he was in there for some crazy shit. And he was going to be my roommate for about 10 minutes. And then somebody thought, you're going to have a little Jew nigger? You know, and he's going to have his roommate, you know, the Klansman, the Aryan Nation's maniac. <clears throat> what happens is what happens is the maniac goes ahead and kills a little, you know, Jew nigger. They ain't going to end up, we're going to, we're going to, people are going to say, what the fuck were you thinking? So essentially they, uh, Moved the little Jew nigger into this room next door, which had a whole bunch of other niggers. And then they moved me to uh, the other wing, which had the rednecks, the rednecks and the wigger chomos. So, in any case, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's just the way it is here, okay? So... Well, okay, I, I have a televis, you know, I have a, te- a Talmud vision, and I like watching the news to see what the hell I'm supposed to believe. Anyway, folks, there's somebody call me who's mooing for my attention, so I'm going to go ahead and take care of her, and we will be gone for about, oh, five or six minutes here. So, folks, hail victory.
Okay, we are back, or at least I am back. Uh, heck, someone was bitching about, well, someone was bitching about fleas. This is a poopy dog, Belzy Pump. I had given her a bunch of fleas on her knees or whatever. I told her special knees. She said, no, I don't want special knees. I said, well, I don't have any, I don't have any uh, insecticide here. Well, you got cantaratus. No, I mean, heck. That would really sting and burn here. That's not something you want to apply to your skin. So I said, well, so I have me a heifer, and she likes bitching, and I, you know, she has a poopy dog, and he has fleas here. So I guess you get fleas with puppy dogs, and you get bitching with, uh, you know, if you have a woman here. So, hey, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean everything comes with a price. <laughs> If you want, if you want to love me here, you either get fleas or bitching here. You know, that's just, you know, that's just the nature of how things are. Okay. Bug repellent? No. Okay. Tea tree oil on her legs here. If you don't live in a, you know, pig pen. Well, no, I don't live in a pig pen. But anyway, you know, you can say whatever the heck you want to here. Uh, heck. That's what gets me. The old pisser possum puts on airs. You know, <laughs> he lives a double wide in Griffin, Georgia here. So, you know, that's sort of amusing as well here. Uh, what the heck? You don't live in pig pen. Uh, well, yeah, I, I have a flea collar, but the flea collar fell off the poopy dog here. So I need to buy me another flea collar somewhere. So anyway, that I, you know, tomorrow night I'll give old pooper dog, I'll give him another flea bath. Which is about par for the course. All right, then buy another one. That's true. Uh, unless you poison your pets. No, I'm not going to poison poopy dog. She was yapping about paying what ten bucks for this front line. I says no, you know. I mean, you can go ahead and actually give a dog. You can give them sort of a pill inside, which will kill fleas. And no, I don't want to do that. You know, I just want to essentially, you know, old Belzy puppy, sort of like a nigger. He doesn't like want to get no water on his neck, but he does. You know, uh, I take him out for a little walk, and then he's always happy. You know, you know, have a walk, take a shit, whatever. And then once he's happy as can be, uh, essentially, you know, and he has the, you know, he, I have him on his leash here. It's time to take him to the bathroom for a flea bath. Belzy pup, surprise! And he don't like it, but. Uh, you know, I bought me a flea comb, and uh, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting to where I'm killing, you know, more fleas than ever before. But he still, he still gets them. I don't know where the hell he gets them. You know, maybe he has a little flea bank. You know, and he goes ahead and he gets them. And when it's hot like this, that's when they are really thick. Here, when it's cold, you don't have to give him, you know, flea bath because that's the fleas don't. You know, they don't seem to breed like crazy, but they breed like crazy when it turns hot. So anyway, yes, Belzy pup. In case, get rid of those roaches. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was something that Johnny Tonto said that Liar Bumps Nut the Clueless said about me here. Uh, occasionally, Mumps Nut shows up. We don't have nothing else better to do here. Uh, Mumps Nut actually actually used to have quite the criminal record 
But I think uh, since he's been snitching real good with Zog, uh, they they took down everything except for uh, except for this uh, traffic ticket he got in Fulton, Missouri. They went ahead and took down. They, well, they pretty well took down his criminal record from when he was a teenager and a young thief and was in jail for six months in St. Louis Workhouse. So, hey, uh, a wire bill uh, may be moving up in the world as a snitch. Who knows? Okay. Uh, boric acid, yes, both here. Uh, borax works on... Borax works on... You know, ants and works on cockroaches. Okay? So, yes, to the dog. Uh, if you do it every day. Well, maybe both here. I'll... Uh, I'll go ahead and work on but I'm not going to work on it tonight here. I'm going to take Poopy Dog out for a last walk here. Uh, pretty well, we got most of the, we got pretty well the laundry done. Everything's good on that. And pretty well, you know, I changed the bedding, did about everything, you know, everything here. And then tomorrow night, I'll go ahead and do a flea bath. Monday is my day to where I don't have a show or nothing, and I don't have to worry about it here. So that's good. Any case, uh, you know, I'm not sure people are going to call in. Probably not, which is ah, okay. Yeah, maybe you know, maybe it's time to get to bed earlier. You know, earlier, uh, earlier right now here, which is which is also good here. Uh, what to say? What? Well, let me let me just tell you about flea powder. You can buy that flea powder, put it on the rug, and then vacuum it up. Let me tell you what kills fleas the best. What you do is you take a you take a small bowl full of water, and then you put a bit of dishwashing soap. And when the fleas and the cockroaches, whatever, come down to drink, there's no water tension that they can walk, walk on, especially fleas. And what they do is that they they crawl down to get some water, and they drown because there's no surface tension. That you know, that is the best way to kill fleas. I have I have uh, sprayed I have sprayed uh, you know I have sprayed uh, oh you know that you know, flea powder onto a uh, carpet. And then vacuumed it up, and you can do it five or six times. But you know, you will kill more fleas by means of that simple, cheap trick of you know putting out putting out a what? Oh, a one-pound bowl, plastic bowl full of water, go halfway, and then put a couple you know, you know, drops of dishwashing detergent in it, swirl it around, and if you have a flea problem. You know, you will, that is the best way to get rid of fleas, okay? So, well, I don't have a Ronco steamer. I have a shop back. all right? So, uh, show yours. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, you got hardline Nimbus guitars tonight. Hardline Nimbus guitars tonight. 
Okay, let's let's go get back to what's happening with Zog Babylon here. You know, during my monologue, I say three quarters of the stuff that I tend to say. Uh, it seems like the cuck, the cuck servative meme is doing well. Uh, I don't know what Trump the chump did here, but oh, he had Wailing Wallstein thinking that Trump the chump was finished, and maybe he is. I don't know. Uh, the way to be finished isn't to isn't to become more of a pussy, but rather to become more hardcore. That's a way to actually win uh, something here. I mean, folks, the reason re- the re- Republic cucks are losing is because they have betrayed their white base. And they have thought, well, guess what? They can't go, you know, they can't go Democrat. Well, folks, they don't need to go Democrat. All they need to do is just simply say, hey, you know, all we have to do is not support you. All we have to do is not support you at all. So, okay, here. All right. I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, all the blogs I listen to here. Let's see. I'm looking at this. Uh, I, I do I do read this uh, blogger. I read a number of bloggers here. I'm actually getting to where I read the Daily Spermer. Uh, I had to laugh because they had a bunch of uh, they had a bunch of Photoshop, you know, Photoshop tools by which you could trash out, you could trash out uh, the conservatives here. So let's see.
Firmware updates. Okay. Well, I, I just went ahead and put this blog post up here. I was looking at here. Okay. We'll see what let's see what's happening on the firmware. The daily spermer. Let's see if Trump the chump has. Help stop the bastard who attacked Andrew Anglin's mother. Folks, I really wouldn't mind seeing a picture of Andre the nigger's mother. I think Andre the nigger's mother is a high yellow. What do you think? Okay. Columbus, Ohio family, find Confederate flag stabbed and shot during home invasion. more niggers don't get killed during home invasions. Okay. Okay. Merkel will run for fourth term in 2017. Expected to beat challenger Adolf Hitler. <laughs> okay. There are no congressional GOP leaders who support cutting legal immigration. They have the picture of that nutty, that nutty Ku- Kuwaiti city Arab who gunned down some giant. Jirene three weeks ago. Michael Savage Wiener raises against white anti-cucks. Yes, I, I went ahead and seen that by Rams Paul. Let's see. Race was seriously damaged after gang attack by niggers. Sorry, Chuck, but Jews ain't cucks. They's bull, they're bulls. That's true. You have you have some of these characters. You know, claiming the Jews are cocks. No, they're the bulls. So are niggers. All righty. Ted Cruz. Okay. David Duck. Ooh, heck. For some of these, for some of these Republicans, they're going to be able to claim to be edgy by saying stuff that normally they wouldn't be able to say. But let's see. What's Pistol Possum up to? I was looking at Oba Gender Benders. Uh, yep, okay. All righty. Well, we had the Pistol Possum on last night. You had Euro Kikes. I, I went and trolled a little bit of uh, Dan John's. Said, "Who's this?" I said, "Is this the, is this the Crones? Is this the Crones? <laughs> is this the Ashkenazi Melungeon Crones, you know, awareness uh, therapy group?" And <laughs> old Dan Johns went ahead and, of course, muted me. Yeah, <laughs> old uh, tattered flag was in the chat room, uh, make, you know, having fun. So let's see. You have Gerald Folk Radio. <sighs> Dang, I'm tired. Dang, APR. Oh, I was looking at Don the Baptist. He was yapping something about a flat earth. I mean, I guess Don the Baptist believes that there is a flat earth and it's being held up by a turtle or something. A big old snapping, snapping turtle. <laughs> Let's see here. Alrighty, you have David James. Okay, David James. I mean, you know, hey, does uh, Eli have a son, or or maybe that's the uh, 
Maybe that's the uh, Egyptian captain, there's his oldest daughter. Uh, David James. Okay. Dan Charles, yep. No more is on. Well, you know, bring your dollars. Okay, Nelson Mazzella, Eli James. Okay, let me go over to let me go over to Eurocuck Eurofag radio here. Er Manzer Radio. Okay, reveal the protocols. Jural Folk Radio. Well, heck, a lot of this stuff is beginning to look a lot alike. I'm beginning to think it's all alike here. Let's see. I mean, I'm looking over at Juro Folk Radio, and it's beginning to look a lot like the Daily Spermer. Maybe you have Jews all over the place. Radio reprise Sunday, July 19th. Okay. I'll go ahead. But it's been a while since I've been to Journal Folk Radio, and it's beginning to look a lot like, well, it's beginning to look a lot like Daily Spermer and Radio Rabbi Fink. Okay. So, I don't know. I may I may just do a two-hour show tonight. Well, I, I, I've not been to Gerald Folk Radio for a while. Okay. Okay, let <sighs> America, less victim Jupiter. I mean, shit, this looks a lot like Andre the Nigger shit. Are the Jews alien lizard people? Well, sure. It's like Brian Real. By Yahweh, bring your dollars. Saxon Creed. Oh hell, you just have a whole bunch of shit. Voice of Chris of Israel. Yeah, you have uh, by Yahweh's design. Yeah, huh. <laughs> I wonder where do all these people come from? So. The Pistol Apostle, he's happy. He got talks to. He got he got uh, wicked the dick. That's good for something. Okay, ADD red brain here. Uh, Matt Hale's mama calling in to rapist America. I didn't know about that. 
Folks, I, you know, I, I, I feel halfway sorry for Matt Hale. It's just that Matt Hale, you know, decided to go with uh, essentially a you know man-made Jew religion of creativity. And then, you know, then what? Ju- what? July fourth, nineteen ninety-nine. Uh, this Ben Smith went around and in his car shooting niggers and gooks, killed two of them. And then guess what? They were they had a hard on for Matt Hale. These Jews managed to, you know, these Jews managed to, you know, do a number of things. And here's Matt Hale. He's like Edgar Steele, thinking, oh, I'm a law school student here. I'm going to be able to become a lawyer. Well, no, you're not. The whole purpose behind law school is to make sure that the thieves and parasites serve Zog under color of law. There is no law. And I don't know if these lawyers have enough sense to realize that, hey, they're destroying rule of law, not that there ever was any such thing, and they're bringing a system to where the essentially the dictatorship will have one or two prosecutors, like the Soviet Union had this uh, prosecutor named Vishnitsky, and nobody trusted, nobody trusted or had any respect for the law here or lawyers. And that's the system we have now. You don't have any respect for pigs. Well, hey, pigs are going ahead and murdering, you know, murdering niggers, and the niggers are getting pissed off when they're murdering pigs. Someday and very soon, you're going to have wiggers murder pigs. They're not going to be able to maintain a soft tyranny. But anyway, Matt Hill's mother calling Rapist America, and that's fine. I don't care here. Racist America? I don't have a problem. I wouldn't have a problem. Matt Hale's mother called. But, hey, I I don't really have much to say against Matt Hale other than, you know, I mean, he's following a man-made Jew religion. And then one of the followers gunned down, you know, gunned down you know, on the 4th of July, so then they had a hard-on to go ahead and get him, and that's what they did. They did get him. Now, I'm hoping that this Elonis decision will... Oh, it will get Bitchkiss Bill White, and it will get Matt Hale off the hook. It ain't because I particularly like Bitchkiss Bill or Matt Hale. It's just that they are doing their own thing to someone else, you know, to some other group that wants to follow them. That's not somebody I really worry too much about. I I don't have anything against Matt Hale. I don't have anything against. Really, bitch tits Bill White. Even though he made fun of me here while I was in the nut house here about how smart he was. Well, I imagine old bitch tits has got a lot of that. I'm smarter than you, whole shit knocked out of him. It's not a matter of intelligence. It's not a matter of money. It's not a matter of anything. It's a matter of what side you're on and whether or not Yahweh is going to protect you. And, folks, I like Matt Hill a lot better than I like Bale Fink or Bryant Real or Eli James or these other Jews and Mamsers pretend to be CI dentists here. I mean, Matt Hill doesn't pretend to be a CI dentist. 
Bitch, just Bill White doesn't pretend to be a CIDS, and so I don't have anything against him. I mean, maybe you know, maybe if you want to go ahead and give me a link, I can listen for myself and form an opinion. But Matt Hill's mother, for my ear, she's 75 years old, and she is trying to help her son get out of you know maximum you know security prison in Florence. And I wish him the best of luck for doing it. But if anybody believes it's a matter of law, then they're kidding themselves. I remember Catch Lane bitching about how, you know, uh, you know they gave you know what Bob Matthews gave William Pierce four hundred thousand dollars in order money, and then you know he was he wasn't able to do anything for David Lane. Well, he couldn't do anything for David Lane. David Lane was in Florence by this time, serving a forty-five year sentence. Serving a 145-year sentence and serving a 190-year sentence, three, three different times he was tried and convicted for essentially being the wheel man when Bruce Pierce went ahead and, you know, you know, kite, you know, cacked this kike named Alan Berg, who was a nasty Jew. Why, Gary, David Lane didn't even pull the trigger. It was Bruce Pierce who pulled the trigger. But still, I mean, there was a dang thing that could be done by Pierce or anybody for for David Lane. You know, I mean I, I hate to I hate to admit this, but that you know, that Jew Alex Linder was right here after spending all this money for Chester Doles to have representation by Bob Barr, you know, this Republican lawyer, you know, he used to be a Congress critter. Essentially, you know, they they, they came up with seventy five thousand dollars, of which I, I I donated ten. You know, William Pierce didn't help out, you know, Chester Doles. No, that Jew boy Linder did. But guess what? After that, he found out and said, hey, this is a total, you know, waste of time to hire a lawyer. That's what I would, that's why I would urge people not to do here. I mean, folks, if Dylan, you know, if Dylan Stormroof wants to throw, wants to throw a monkey wrench, into his, you know, into his show trial. I mean, hell, even Trader Glenn Miller, Zogbot, who I think I think had Zog permission to gun down whatever he could find in the parking lot. Trader Glenn Miller has enough sense to, you know, to pass the mental evaluation and then get rid of his public pretenders. Don't be around, you know, you know, pretending or whatever. But essentially, Trader Glenn Miller has a constitutional right to represent himself. Folks, you, you don't hire a, quote, officer of the court. It's the very self-same court that's fucking you over. That's why I tell people. I mean, you just, you just go ahead and look at him and say, hey, I don't have a problem with torturing your children to testify against you. I don't have a problem with skinning them out. I don't have a problem skinning you out or your wife or the rest here. I mean, essentially, your whole family is a hostage to fortune, and essentially, they are they are the ransom you got to pay in order to be a tyrant. If you love your family, you won't be a tyrant. You won't be a regime criminal. But since you are a regime criminal, 
Well, it's time to essentially take your bond, which is your family, as well as your life and your property, and destroy it. Look, the British, under their law system, had something called bills of attainder. Charles I was giving a number of warning shots, and one of the warning shots was that his hatchetman Stafford, Charles had to sign his death warrant because Parliament came up with a bill of attainder against him and blamed Stafford for what Charles I had made Stafford do. Charles had Charles had a warning shot toward guess what? We're going to kill your hatchet man, and they did. And Charles had to sign the death warrant. So, folks, I don't, you know, folks, if you want to help somebody who is in jail, who is in prison, write them a letter. Give them $10 so they can buy something for commissary, so they can buy, oh, you know, some potato chips or some candy or some other stuff. They can buy other stuff to supplement they're shitty bologna sandwiches that they're going to get. That's why I did for Morris Collette, and that's why I did for that Angle Mestizo nitwit of his, Charles, Charles Scott Thornton. All these people, supposedly, they were part of Legion of Saints, including Johnny Tonto. Johnny Tonto in Britain got me to support Galette as Butler's successor, because I wouldn't support Augie Christ, I wasn't going to support Wick the Dick. If I know who I know now, I wouldn't support Galette. But I did. And all these people, all these people, including his best buddy, you know, Johnny Tonto Britton, when they got arrested for plotting to rob banks to, you know, to get Bolivian those candy, they all abandoned old Mogo, except for me. I read the little press release by the Department of Justice, and I called this hibernator deputy assistant attorney general named uh, U.S. attorney named Gillespie. He was an evasive bastard. But you know, so said, well, what, what is he being charged with? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Where's he at? Well, I ain't going to tell you, but he's around. Yeah, okay. Uh, does he have a – does he have a – does he have a uh, – does he have any legal assistance? Oh, yeah, public state. All right, all right. So I went ahead and you know, made some calls, went ahead and looked it up and used Roxy's cell phone. You know, and talked to Gillespie for 20 minutes, 20 some minutes. And then I went ahead and called the Monroe County Jail, and no, they'd done something to where they didn't have federal prisoners no more. So, okay, it's the West Monroe City Jail he's in. Okay, they're in different pods. What can we do? Okay, send send Galette five dollars and send his you know little associate five dollars so they both you know hang tough. And then less than two weeks you know, later, I was arrested on these bogus child molestation charges here. And let me just tell you, let me just tell you what protects you know people like me. I mean, essentially, I I just go ahead and tell them that I don't have a problem with torturing your children to testify against you. Don't give me this shit about how it's against the law. Don't give me this shit about habeas corpus. 
they obey habeas corpus. When you need habeas corpus, when someone, when, when anyone who's against the system needs habeas corpus the most, that is when it is the least available. Let's just go ahead and call the system we have what it is. We call it under Satan's administration. It is satanic. It is run by Jews and you know and treasonous wiggers. And folks, so as a result here, the way to defeat a treasonous system is essentially to exterminate anybody who sides with it. That's what you do. You don't get around. I mean, hey, you give them the same justice they gave. You know, that they gave you. You torture your enemies. You don't dick around. Okay, well, they have meet the union press. You know, sometime this week, they're going to be, they're going to be bitching and they're going to have, they're going to have what? Oh, on Fox News. And I said, oh, yeah, Chris Matthews. Oh, you have a whole bunch of pissed, a nigger, a Jew. Wall Street Journal, meet the Union Press. Okay, meet the Union Press is on. I I I go ahead and I look at the night Nutley News. I go ahead and look at PBS. I I go ahead and I'll probably look at meet the Union Press. Do I believe I'm going to be told the truth? Hell no. I'm going to be told a bunch of lies. But the reason I look at it is I want to know what lies I am supposed to be believing. I mean, heck. You know, I mean, you, you need to know what sort of dog shit that they're going to try to feed you. You know, you don't have to go ahead and taste the dog shit. You don't have to eat the dog shit. You don't even have to step in the dog shit. But you do need to know, you know, what pile, where the pile is and what does, what it consists of here. So, yeah, I look at the dog shit, okay? Okay. Uh, the Internet trolls may be trained on government agents, accordingly. Well, yes, a lot of them are. A lot of them are. Okay, last one, Trump the Chump 19... And then Scott Squawker, you know, uh, conservative, and then Jeb, the uh, biggest conservative. And then you have this nigger, and then you have Ted Cruz, Mike Buckaby, Rand Paul, Mark Gil Rubio, Chris Christie, John Kasich, and Rick per- Rick Perry. Okay. Big deal. Big deal. Tell the order. Folks, the order had a bunch, you know, had a had a Anglo-Ciso criminal named Tom Martinez who got caught and who snitched. But guess what? If you're going to raise, if you're going to raise your hand against Zog Babylon, if you're going to raise your hand against Zog Babylon. Sooner or later. You are going, you know, now you're going to get caught. Now, maybe in the future when things are falling apart, you won't. Maybe you won't. But for now, you will. Back, what, oh, 30 years ago? They did. Now, do I believe the order? 
I believe that they were well, sort of like this Dylan Roof here character. I've never, I've never denied the order's bravery. What I've done is I've denied, <laughs> I've denied its political rationality. That's why all this lone wolf, I call it lone tard. All it is, just random violence, random violence committed without any political tale. Now, Dylan Roof, you could say he was a lone tard, but you could say is that, like it or not, what he did had a political impact. It certainly did have a political impact. Impact and certainly is having a political impact to where essentially the niggers are showing their hatred of Wiggers. And pretty well everyone's showing their contempt for conservatives, you know, and including in the bowel movement. Now, is there any is there any way of fixing it? And the answer is no. Look, folks, I would urge anyone who has any leadership ability, don't get in the bowel movement. Shoot. If you have if you have some degree of wealth, if you have a family, my family, my grandchildren have been bought and sold like little cattle because of me. Because of me. And I'm sure I could have had the option to go crawling and say, hey, I, will, I won't run for office anymore. I'll be good. Just dismiss these bogus charges, which they were violating their very own law. They didn't think I was a child molester. Hell, even my nephew who... You know, is you know, married a nigger. Oh, it Merton, it Merton, he wants to kill people. He wants to go ahead and kill all the he wants to go ahead and kill all these people here who are his enemy here. But no, he's not a child molester. Hell, Jacob Scoby doesn't believe didn't believe I'm a child molester. Scott Watson didn't believe I'm a child molester. Uh what, Kevin out you know, Kevin uh Kevin Selby doesn't believe I'm a child molester. Tim Perigo doesn't believe I'm a child molester. None of these people believe I'm a child molester. They believe that I am a sociopathic domestic terrorist. And we probably went too far off on that assessment. You all grant you, they're not. But, you know, but still. You raise your hand against Zog Babylon, you are going to, you know, you are almost certainly going to be slapped down. Now, how far you're going to be slapped down is going to be up to Yahweh to decide how far you are hurt. But I have not seen my grandchildren for 11 and a half years. I pray for them every night. I hope that they're okay. I hope that they don't become corrupted. 
But you hear about these stories about these pedophile rings, which are run by Zog Babylon. Folks, this Rotherham, this Rotherham situation, every single politician, every single social worker, every single pot, you know, pig, their children should go ahead and be, you know, be sent to these packies. These packies are should be put on an island. Essentially, they should have rape camp. They should televise this shit. See how you end that shit. Then what's ended when they screamed enough to put them all to death? Make sure none of them survive. You know, nuke it. You know, like that. You know, Jewish Sigourney Weaver here at Aliens said, you know, Aliens too said, nuke it from the top. That way we make sure. But for now, we are in this system for where things are fracturing, and that's why I like what Dylan Stormroof did. You know, I would say, as far as a political plan, I want to start a race war. Well, guess what? That kid, not through any great planning of his own, but through essentially mindless bravery, mindless desperation, I believe he has accomplished far more than Charles Manson did. Revolution is not anything which you really, you know, I mean, I I read this book about anatomy of revolution, and folks, about every single time, you have revolutionaries like myself who essentially plot and plot and plot and plot and try to cause some trouble to where, hey, guess what? The system gets weakened and weakened and weakened and weakened. But folks, none of us know what thing's going to break the camel's back. The French Revolution wasn't caused by professional agitators. The spark was a bread riot in Paris. And then some young student jumping up on the table and say, let's storm the Bastille, to which the Marquis de Sade had been a prisoner. He was a nutty pervert. <laughs> Napoleon recognized the Marquis de Sade was a nutty pervert. He put him back in prison <laughs> where he belonged. The whole purpose, the whole purpose of any white nationalist or Christian identity, intellectual movement, is to pick, 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 pick on Zog's exposed asshole. Until where all there's this all this combustion and somebody like Dylan Stormroof goes ahead and he doesn't know. He hopes. But he doesn't know that it's gonna be you know, that's gonna be the straw which breaks the camel's back. And folks, I don't think this Dylan Stormroof will be these you know, the minor little straw which breaks the camel's back. You know, that's, that's an analogy to where the camel gets overloaded and overloaded and overloaded and overloaded and overloaded, and essentially it's past the safety factor. 
and then someone, according to apocryphal myth, loaded nothing more than a straw on the camel's back, and it broke. The camel's back broke upon just the weight of a straw. And did the camel loader know that that straw would break the camel's back? Hell no. If he, if he knew there would be a straw, he wouldn't have loaded on the straw. But the straw got loaded. Our job as intellectuals is to essentially give negative, negative criticism to where Zog can never do anything right. Zog is evil. Zog is corrupt. Zog is too fucking stupid to do anything. Essentially, anybody who goes ahead and guns down niggers and pigs and zoglings and whatever, why, well, hey, guess what? They're doing the entire world in America a favor. That is the way that is the way that things would be run here. I mean, essentially, I don't know if anybody's listened to my quote propaganda, but hey, all I've said is that hey, the only thing that's gonna go ahead and save the people is a is essentially civil war too. And I I'm promoting an organized revolution. I'm promoting essentially, you know, the ten thousand warlords program. I'm not talking about a ethno state. I'm talking about ten thousand of them. I'm not talking about saving the majority of Uyghurs. I'm talking about letting them die. Now, if there is what ten thousand warlords, does any you know? I won't have to. I won't have to make up any promise. For self-loathing Jews and putting them up in a, you know, essentially making them capos, I won't have to go ahead and pay out self-loathing Jews that aid me. I won't have to help. Uh, I won't have to pay out Uncle Tom niggers. But Martin, you are you are promoting absolute irresponsibility. Yeah, Martin, you are proposing chaos. Yeah. Not so much chaos we build, we make, but essentially chaos, which is endemic. I'm not supporting rot. It's endemic. I'm just simply saying is that, hey, maybe it's time at the very least for you just simply to pull yourself back from it. I'm not I'm not advising you to go to a marine recruiting center in Chattanooga, Tennessee because I don't know that there's some little crazy raghead who looks like that crazy Jew. You know, looks like a brother to that crazy Jew who got gunned down these people Aurora. None of us know. You know, it was anybody really a big well these Galileans bigger sinners than anybody else? That's what Luke, I think, chapter 13 says. No, but you're on your own, except you be in right with Yahweh. Folks, my Bible study program at 124251, I think it's going to be Tuesday. It is about, you know, it is a positive thing to essentially acquaint those who want to know true dual seed, seed line Israel identity 
was what Bertrand Compare, the greatest scholar of it, said and wrote. And I was listening to Dewey Tucker, and you know, he, he went ahead and says that, hey, after 1972 and Wesley Swift died, Compare didn't create any more works. In fact, he was saying is that toward the end of Swift's life, and he died, I think, at the age of 56, he would lose his train of thought, and essentially they would go ahead and suppress those tapes. No, folks, any building, any building that I have to do is only for our own. I urge you not to, you know, not to, what, what does Christ say? Don't put your treasure on this earth where moth and, you know, where moth and thieves do corrupt. Don't do stupid shit like that. Because every single one of us have a destiny. And if we're lucky, we'll get a hole in the ground. That's what got me about, what, the death, you know, two weeks ago of Roxy's older brother. I didn't know he was that old. But he was a hale man who really was not sick a day in his, you know, hardly any at all in his life. And then one afternoon, he, you know, he was mowing on his, you know, on his riding lawnmower. You know, he, he sort of slowed down a little bit, but he helped his son with the guttering. He was a contractor. He was very good at guttering and roofing. And he did, he did, you know, he did some of the work here, and then he got sort of tired. He wanted to shower, and then he had a massive heart attack or an evilism. And he died abruptly at the age of 74 and some odd weeks, months, month and a half or something like that. And I, I looked at his corpse in the coffin and said, so it didn't really look like the man because the man had a very florid face here. You know, he looked like an Ulsterman. He looked very, very, very healthy. And so it, it so occurred to him very quickly. And folks... All of us should hope to live and die like you know, like my uh, you know, like Roxy's older brother. Of course, he believed in a lot of this Baptist horse shit, and he really wasn't all that likable a man. But he's a man that you respected, and I liked him a little bit. And he did love his little sister. In any case, uh, I respect him a good deal here, but folks. When it comes down to it, every single one of us is going to die. So the question of it is, is what do you do? Now, folks, you ought to understand is you're part of a chain of life. And if you be of us, if you be of a damning man, you be essentially of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Israel, You have a duty to the chain here. 
You have a duty as a portion, as a living portion, to our God and also to our race. Essentially, you don't worry about what the Jews want. I mean, that's why he looks at the news to say, well, fuck you. You're not going to get it. I'm not going to give it to you. You know, I'm not going to give you your dog shit here. So, folks, that's why the conservatives are all pissed off here because, hey, people are getting wise to their horse shit. And that's what you need to do. Okay? <laughs> okay, here. Well, yes, uh, I'm looking at Cornelia Quandro. There was a guy named Bell who was talking about the assassination lottery to where whoever guessed the closest to some asshole's death would win a 10,000-plus prize. And essentially what Zog Babylon, you know, took upon that was that this was essentially an an incitement to assassination because the surest way to win the prize (laughs) is to go ahead and have somebody cack the politician. (laughs) And he got, oh, hell, they they, they got him on some trumped-up charge here. Uh, I think it occurred 20-some years ago. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about here. So fuck you. Uh, no. The answer is, is that, hey, people ask me, you know, I mean, Roxy's mom. She never voted and she never went to church a day in her life. Do I think that she is damned? No, hell no. Let's say you're heathen, or you claim to be heathen. Looks why in the world she, you know, I mean, there's what, 300,000 Christian denominations? That's what I was trying to tell Slopnuma Femdeshevika. She wants to go ahead and worship was essentially the Bell Cult Assembly descended from the Hittite Jews and Nimrod, the evil, and that bitch Semiramis. Look, if if you're white, I would urge you not to go to the Roman Catholic Church. If you're white, I would urge you not to go to the Baptist hobbyists. You know, I mean, if you are, you know, unless you want to go ahead and get some free food or something like that here, I would urge you not to, and you want some entertainment like you and Buster Tars like, I would urge you not to go to the Pentecostals. You know, unless you like entertainment, you like watching people roll around, you know, on the floor and speak in tongues and occasionally piss their drawers. You know, I would urge you, and they give out some pretty good free food. Well, hey, I would urge you not to go, you know, to the Pentecostals or the Primitive Baptists. But, you know, hey, if, you know, folks, if you want some entertainment, well, or you want, you want to go ahead and be seen giving some money to the collection plate, and you want to essentially get along with the power bunch here who don't believe in God any more than you do, by all means, go for it. 
But don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a liar. Don't be a bail priest. Don't be an ass clown. Yahweh knows his children. And there's something in you that worships Yahweh. Now, if you want to claim, oh, I worship Woden and Thor, well, that's a made-up religion. It pretty well died a thousand years ago in Scandinavia. But hey, you know, I mean, what I do is I teach Orthodox dual seed line Christian identity, you know, Comparean Christian identity. I was sort of annoyed at Wolfless Wailing Wall Steve. He was yapping about what a great scholar Fink is. No, Fink ain't no scholar. No, Fink wrote about five or six pages of bullshit when he was in prison. And then he goes ahead and he reads articles about Hitler from Wikipedia. And then he reads some other shit here. And what, two years ago, he was running around ass to mouth with Brian Rio, yapping, yapping about how Moses knew. All about Gilgamesh, and Gilgamesh sort of belongs in the Old Testament here, but Moses, you know, didn't have enough scrolls and papyrus when they're wandering around the desert. Stupid shit like that. Oh, guess what? There were no white people living uh, before 1200 B.C. in Europe. Well, guess what? The Trojan War occurred supposedly in 1250 B.C. So essentially there weren't all people living in Europe in Mycenae, 50 years before, well, 50 years before they invaded Troy. We get up with this stupid shit. You know, I mean, you can write a paper, you can write a biblical paper about Homer and Hesiod Herodotus. What the hell does that have to do with the Bible? Nothing. How much Homer is in the Bible? Old Testament, New Testament, none. How much Hesiod is in the Bible? Old Testament, New Testament, none. How much Herodotus is in the Bible? Old Testament, New Testament, none. How much Didulus Siculus is, or Tacitus is in the, you know, is in the Old Testament or New Testament? Well, none in the Old Testament, none in the New Testament, none. Listening to Rabbi Fink mispronounce English words. And he was bitching and pissing and moaning when people talked about his family and about his knowledge. And guess what? He doesn't have any. When he says he's a historicist, it's an, it's an effort to avoid being called a what he really is a preterist, a papist preterist. When he says he's two seed line, essentially what he is, he's he's a Captain Senility, you know, Clifton M. Heiser, Sicilian Guido supporting Jew. No devil. Dual seed liner. He claims that he you know, he has his new tel- you know, testament Talmudic translation, Christogenian whatever. But he, doesn't, but he didn't know who Simon Magus was. Well, why not? Simon Magus was mentioned next. You know, didn't you translate? Didn't you come across that name? Oh, I don't know who he is. Well, if you, you know, you did translate, you know, Acts chapter whatever. You should know who Simon Magus is, but you don't. 
What's that tell me? Hmm? Folks, I I have read I have read a good deal of the classics. I read Tacitus. I read Herontus. I've read, you know, I went ahead and got for 95 cents uh, Thucydides' uh, history of the Peloponnesian War, of which he was a general in it. And I'm plowing through it right now. I've read Xenophon's Anabasis, which I think was, you know, pretty interesting stuff. But folks, it doesn't have a damn thing to do with the Bible. It is something that you read because you like it. I'll tell you the one who really came up with the, you know, the closest explanation. It was uh, Thomas Hobbes. Now Thomas Hobbes was a royalist who wrote on behalf of well the Stuarts. <coughs> His book. In 1753, called Leviathan, was essentially saying, guess what? Man is naturally corrupt. He needs a king over him. Otherwise, his life is short, brutal, nasty, and short. Brutish, nasty, whatever. And short. Well, on the other side of the coin was John Milton. Pilgrim's Progress and the rest here. He was a parliamentarian. He was an Ang he was he was from Anglia. Descended from the Angles who on the continent were at war in many cases with the Saxons. The Cavaliers were Saxons. So you have you have a difference of opinion between John Milton for the Parliament you know, for the Parliament and the Anglican for the Parliament and Thomas Hobbes the Saxon Cavalier for the King. And folks, I believe that essentially Western Anglo Saxon political thought has not progressed since the English Civil War. It's all been downhill since 1688 when the Stuarts were kicked out a second time. You can go ahead and talk about Lord Edmund Coke. But guess what? You also had Lord Justice John Jeffries, who was a barbarian for the Stuarts, an evil man. Folks, our current, our current, you know, I mean, I, I did read, I did read the latest article about conservatives, you know, by uh, what, uh, what Jurid Taylor. And I would call him a conservative too for white nationalism. But he, you know, he's quite clever. He's explaining what I've always tried to explain is that hey, you can't have Western civilization unless you have Western white man. Well, folks, the only way 
we are going to survive is by first killing the Uyghur traitors and regime criminals and exterminating their families and everybody who serves them before we, you know, before, since we are so brutal that we have essentially exterminated our own traitors with absolute ruthless efficiency, once we're able to do that, hey, you know, niggers and beaners and Jews, no problem. No problem. Pretty well, what I want to say is that Dylan Stormroof had a plan. He wants to start a race war. And what I want to say is that he's been far more successful than Charles Manson or the Anglo-Mestizo, drunken Lumbee, Zogbot, Melungeon, Trader Glenn Miller. Trader Glenn Miller is nothing more than, than an embarrassment. Dylan Storm Roof has pretty well set a chain. You know, essentially this this fractured billiard ball, which is Zog Babylon, which has no glue holding it together, other than outside clenching of Zog's fist about it here. But guess what? It's sharp. Does anybody doubt that? Guess what? Ten thousand goat herders. You know, nine time zones away. Or another 10,000, what, oh, 12 time zones away can defeat Zog Babylon? What do you think is going to happen? Well, essentially, you have 300 million Zoglings who hate one another, who essentially are not going to create anything at all, who essentially don't have any intention of creating anything, just living off somebody else, How long do you think Zog Babylon is going to last when you have, what, a war of 300 million against the same 300 million? How long is Zog Babylon going to last then? Hmm? <laughs> okay, well, we have infiltrating Tard. Bang! <laughs> Let's be in the final hour here. Well, Where's the Jew going to go when Wigger won't support him? Where's the Jew going to go? When essentially he no longer has the guns in Palestine to keep the sand nigger or the Arab down, who is more than likely sort of related to him on the party side at least. Folks, we live in a world of complexity, which is only possible because of cheap oil, which is running out. Now, I've pointed out several times that the white man could go ahead and create oil, gasoline, diesel fuel, plastics from coal. 
And if you're worried about, what, global warming, you could dig up the coal in Illinois and set to a side, you know, with the black dirt. And you could use the, you know, rain to form algae farms to make biodiesel. But that requires disciplined white people. How long do you think Zog Babylon is going to last when essentially white people can no longer escape niggers or beaners? And they, they, they put the screwing that they're getting to Republican conservatives, to this nigger bongo. Folks, the Republican conservatives, they want a veto. You know, a, they essentially, they won a Congress which could impeach Obongo. And there's only six short of essentially finishing him off. At the very least, they could impeach Obongo and impeach Joe Biden. Keep them both impeached. And then they could do whatever the hell they want to. They could impeach the Supreme Court. But they won't. Republicans won what they had been asking for. They won big time in the House, and they won big time in the Senate. Hell, they won. This is 2010. They could destroy Obamacare, but they've chosen not to do it. They've chosen to pretend that they're going to do something. They've been yapping about gay marriage. That's important. Nobody should give a shit about marriage license for faggots or niggers or beaners or race mixers. Who gives a shit? How many of you really want a marriage license to do anything? Unless you're interested in licentiousness. No, folks. Your freedom lies in your hands. The first thing you should do is free the space, you know, the four or five or six inches between your ears. That's the first territory you should liberate. That's why on this show, you're allowed pretty well to speak and you're allowed to think for yourself here. You're allowed to have your fun against me, of course, within reason. I'm aiming to let some of you liberate yourself. I'm not liberating you. I'm simply asking for you to liberate yourself first. I'm not asking you to pull a Dylan Storm roof. If I'm not willing to do it, at least not just yet, why should I urge you to do it? But it's done. And the more I find out about the old stone roof, the more admiration I have for that young man. In any case...
right. Well, anyway, I was I was looking at. I, I, let me just go ahead and take uh, take the last break, and then I will. I, I sort of got my second wind. I will come back and pretty well do a try to do a fifteen twenty minutes stem winder. And then we'll call it, you know, call it a night. So folks, uh, next to the last section of the movie turn, unless somebody calls in, hail victory.
Okay, I'm back. <laughs> I parted me a tard, though, first here. Uh, folks, I like being completely arbitrary on my uh, show. <laughs> uh, he'll probably he'll probably leave and come back as guest number thirty-two or thirty-three. Don't really matter. Okay, uh, I was looking up in the chat. And there's always the belief that somehow we're going to have bowel movement unity. Folks, that's not going to happen. You know, you got to understand is that you have critters who are, well, Zogbots like Alex Linder, who is also a Jew. I was look, I was listening to old, uh, maybe Mark Cabbage talk about buying Linder some corn, so the poor little plugged up critter could shit here and blow out, you know, blow out his uh, colostomy bags or whatever here. Folks, I've been in the movement for twenty some years. There's never been any movement. There's always been some tars. Oh no, he said something bad. I remember what? Oh, a couple of days after Oklahoma City. They wanted to interview somebody in the militia. So, hey, here come up this bitch. And she, you know, Elaine Rife, and she goes ahead and yaps, you know, because I just bought, though, these, you know, these old buildings next door. You go form it into a compound? Sure, Elaine, I'm going to go ahead and going to go ahead and also get into polygamy here. You can be my 14th and dumbest wife here, but the one I screw the most because they're the youngest and prettiest here. How's that, Elaine? And I should have said that, told that to her because, you know, she's a stupid bitch and a lying bitch. Every time I said a word, she would cut to Oklahoma City smoking as if I was responsible for Oklahoma City. Folks, I didn't even know about I didn't know about Oklahoma City. I knew some people were peripheral to it later on. But no, I wasn't privy to Oklahoma City. Didn't want to be privy to Oklahoma City. My task is to remark on the shit that happens. That's why I look at the news. Someone's talking about, isn't there any way we can all get together and present our position papers? Really? I got on with Wall Street you know, this morning, and essentially I you know, point out, well, he didn't read Dr. Kevin McDan- you know, McDonald. I mean, I don't know if anybody, it's sort of like, looking at wannabe Nazis who claim that they're red Mein Kampf and they're lying. They're lying. What determined events I managed to get through about a third of it. About 300 pages of over a thousand. With Dr. Kevin McDonald and his PDF file, which I got for free, of the Culture Critique, 495 pages, including footnotes and bibliography. I only managed to read, what, somewhere between 25 and 29 pages. I managed to read the preface and then some of the initial chapter, and then it was flip, 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 flip. According to Dr. Kevin Daniel, Jews are different than us. Well, why? Because they're Jews. Okay. Well, I got six words to explain why Jews are different. Jews are the spawn of Satan. They're born evil. They can't help. They're Jews. I mean, you know, Jews are different than 
white Adamic people because they're the spawn of Satan. White Adamic people are different from Jews because they're the sons of true men from Adam through Seth through to Noah, through Shem, through to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Israel. Two seed lines. Two different seed lines. Yahweh's been protecting both seed lines to bring it to the situation we are today. And now, things are about to get fun. I mean, heck, you know, we're about to ride the tiger, you know, and ride the roller coaster. Things are going to get really, really interesting pretty soon. But you have a system. You have a, you have essentially white nationalists white nationalism, which is really, I would say within, you know, you know, if you have somebody new come in, well, guess what? You have about six months, maybe a year before you're thoroughly infiltrated or compromised unless you simply are running, like myself, a one-man band. How many people are in your church? Well, let me see. There's me, Roxy Sorta, Poopy Dog. There's me. I tried, you know, I try I tried to ask uh, you know, here here is Wolf Woods wearing Wallstein. He's yapping about okay. It's all the problem of kite juice. Okay, who are the kite juice? What are kite juice? He explained to us the big Jews, the big Jews who matter, the the Rothschilds, uh, the Greenspans, the, you know, the big Jews, big Jew. But, you know, little Jews here, why, they're not bad. You know, especially the Zionist Jews. Well, folks, I would prefer a Zionist Jew. I would prefer a Jew that's bothering Palestinian Arabs. Hell, I I don't have a bit of problem. I mean, occasionally there's this Yair Davidy who is a Aussie you know, Jew here, and this R.D. Bradshaw, who I think is a We Lost Jew and a year David, you know, David E. supporter. But hey, if they're over in, you know, Kazarstan on the Jordan, why, well, hey, I don't really care. Well, have fun with the Arabs. Have fun with the Dunkos. Have fun with the Sanders. You know, back when they had the Arab here. Have, a, have at it. I don't care. I don't get all upset when Jews show that they're hypocrites. hypocrites. I don't don't get upset when they show they're liars. I get upset a little bit here when they pretend to be CI dentists like Eli James and Dan Johns and Rabbi Fink. You know, (laughs) I had a little bit of fun with Dan Johns. I asked him if it was the Ashkenazi Melungeon Crohn's Awareness Therapy Support Group. Your time is up. Sometimes I thought that maybe there could be some, say, Congress of revolutionary effectives, but there's not. The ones who have some sort of following, like David Duck and Milton Monster Don Bluck and the Jew boy Alex Linder. Well, hey, you think me and the pisser possum and the gender bender are going to just get along and, you know, hey, pretend we're all buddies? 
food dude for the white race. Be nice to some partying and lunch and piss problems. Well, no, that's not going to happen. One of you, one of you went ahead and put up a link to where here is Don Black, and he's shitting over the St. Louis, St. Louis protocols to where here is the Wigger Whimper. He's been dead for about a year and a half, nearly two years. We went ahead and essentially signed the New Orleans Protocol to allow the duck, who essentially is a crook, still is, just interested in money and pussy, who essentially admitted that he had stolen his followers' donations and spent them on gambling and lost it. Here's the, here's the wigger whimper, Edgar Steele. He goes inside and agrees with that thing, and here's old Donald Duck Black. You know, he goes ass to mouth with uh, with the duck. You have all these people, oh, Pat Buchanan, he's a great white nationalist. He just can't say he is. Nope, he's a lying piece of shit. He's Captain Cocktease, who denounced me for being racist in 2000. And then chose a Looney Tune coon so he could get $12.3 million of matching funds from the federal election campaign, and he would destroy the Reform Party. But then again, the Reform Party wanted to destroy itself because that's what it did. The ProBot sided with the Canines to announce me for racism. Oh, oh, they're going to save the white race. Folks, it'll be like the Fort Smith edition trial all again. You'll have what? Oh, about 20, 30 tards, leading chieftain tards. And if it's true, they'll find out that no more than five could get together at any one time, if that, without plotting to kill the other 25 first. Our bowel movement is chaotic. It's infiltrated. It's fucked up. It's Jew-ridden. Hell, it's wall-to-wall Jews and Mamsers. I go ahead. I've gotten to where I go to Daily Spermer, and I laugh. But I think it's written by a Jew, and hey, it's Andre the Nigger. He's whining because some Jew went ahead to his mother's house. Well, I want to see Andre the Nigger's mother. I bet she's a high yeller, like Andre the Nigger is. Now, should I take seriously... A nigger. Tell me how uh, essentially we need to go ahead and get rid of white women and essentially take out with some, oh, Thailand or Filipino prostitutes. Maybe we need to go to the Philippines and do some, oh, do some sex tourism to save the white race. Maybe we need to engage in some Peter Duncan to save the white race. I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm just too old and too cheap to go to Thailand looking for some gook pussy. I you know, maybe, 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 I just don't see the point of that here. I don't see the point of faggotry to save the white race. I don't see the pro, I don't see the point in Rio, I mean, hell, if I can't even get along with Cunt Hair Walrus because he went ahead and blocked me because I told him that nine dead niggers has much moral significance 
to me as nine dead cockroaches that I flushed down on the to- down the toilet. He goes ahead and blocks me, you know, for that. If I can't get along with old cunt hair walrus or Brad Griffin, who I've been sort of friendly to, but essentially he's dominated by Jew. If I can't get along with cunt hair walrus, how the fuck am I going to get along with that dirty Jew boy, Alex Linder, or that nigger-nosed kike, William Fink, or that Sephardic mongrel, you know, Jew boy, Eli James, and certainly not old nigger lips, the man's are from Mentor. Folks, if we were close together here, why, hey, I, I assure you here, the pocket knives and the cordless drills would be out. It'd be night, it'd be night of the fully charged cordless drills. <laughs> night of the gelders. Night of the gelders. Folks, there's no possibility of getting along with anyone. Hell, you know what I mean? You know, heck. I managed to get along with Wolfowitz, Willingwall, Steen, because I simply asked some questions about what he believed. I don't agree with what he believed, but hey, so he got mad. He went, got ahead, and called this, uh, you know, uh, racist character a what do you call him? He called him a called him a number of names. I forget what. It don't really matter. Called him a communist, something like that. Here, maybe he was. I don't think he was. Here's somebody who disagreed. Folks, how the hell are we going to get along? We can't get along. We're not going to get along. Why should we bother pretending to get along? Folks, if you are a genuine white nationalist, you know, think you're an intellectual, You could, you know, you can't do any better than say kill, 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 kill the Uyghurs, kill the niggers, kill the Jews, kill the beaners, kill, 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 kill. Folks, I have seen, I have seen nuthouse residents who had more grasp of reality than so-called white nationalists or so-called politicians. And folks, let me just tell you here, I have been locked up. In a nut house with niggers and perverts and Jews and crazoids and murderers and sneak thieves and dopers. And let me just tell you here, you know, the damn niggers and beaners and perverts and wiggers and crazoids, they're a lot more fun to get along with than damn politicians and newspaper reporters and all these other pieces of shit. Let me just tell you that here. They're far more fun. You can at least you can at least go ahead and uh, you know have you know, open up open up a small tin of Oreo cookies here and come up with some tea bags or some Keefe coffee here, which has Wang, and have a fine time with crazoids, who essentially whose solution is kill, 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 kill. Then you can with the retards and fucktards we have running across this open air, coast to coast, fucking that house. No shit. I know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Most of these fucking idiots do not have an idea what the fuck they are talking about. Ever. Ever. And they're so sanctimonious. I mean, you really get tired of these worthless bastards real quick. In short order, they're liars. Now, this guy I talked to here, 
he got a letter from the city council, so hey, you know, I mean, he's a nice guy. He just wants to live his life. He's 60 years old, a couple years older than me. He just wants to live his life in essentially a dead town. And that's what he does. And he's happy about that. 80% of white people just simply want to mind their own business. You go ahead and you kill off the lying bastards here, and cocksuckers and politicians and wannabe do-gooders. You go ahead and make them eat their spawns nuts. Well, I guess what? Things will improve a great deal. But until the time when you are able to do that because people have essentially no other choice but to let you do what needs to be done, we're going to have this shit. And white nationalism is not going to solve a damn bit of it. CI history, what with wall-to-wall Jews and mamzers and mongrels. Oh, can't we, can't we just go ahead and get it along? Well, guess what? When bring your dollars, the Ashkenazi wannabe serial polygamist who got his nuts cut here, who just after mamzers pussy or whatever he can get here, Dan Johns, See me show up while I'm blocked on site. Eli would more than likely block me quick enough. He blocked me faster than a nigger because, hey, a nigger don't know what the hell, don't know anything about CI dentistry like I do, and he's able to figure that out. And Eli James is a Talmudic, is a Talmudic Jew, supporting Jew. Bale Fink is a nigger knows. I mean, the nigger knows threw me off. He's just simply... He's a historicist. He isn't a, well, he's a historicist, which means he's a papist preterist. No devil papist preterist. But, you know, shit, if you want to know devil, go to Dave Barley. Go to Ted Whelan. They'll give you no devil. And they won't be near, near as big assholes about Fink well. I was looking at Fink. I mean, shit, he had, what, nine people. Hell, I have more people right now at the tail end of my show Then Fink does about 15, 20 minutes into his show, starting it. Now, a lot of you Nimbus retards show up, but hey, I'm in the ghetto. That's where I want them. All right, folks, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying is simply stop worrying. There ain't nothing you can do. There's nothing which can be done. What you need to do is you need to get your own head in order. It's what you need to do. Until you get your head in order, you're just going to be a zoggling wigger, ass clown, herd animal. At best. Get your own fucking head in order. That's what you need to do first. You need to look at things sort of dispassionately and figure out, well, guess what? I'm going to die. What's the best thing I can do? Well, it isn't to save Zog Babylon. Zog Babylon is way round the bend. That's why this Dylan Rook thing 
really has created, oh, the niggers are running wild, the Whiggers are running wild, the conservatives are wanting to run wild, but guess what? They can't because they're conservatives, and they need to, you know, keep have the Whiggers thinking that they're not going to sell them out just yet, but you know, even though they intend to. So, hey, they're they're sort of ass-whooped here, and they're sort of ass-raped by uh you know, by the conservative title. It's the it's the Scarlet Sea here. You know, they're a little conservatism, no it's conservatism. The Scarlet Sea. I don't know what the fuck to do here. You know, they never had much of nuts here. I mean maybe the Scarlet Sea is on their nutsack too here. And sort of festering. I'm I'm gonna be looking at the I'm gonna be looking at the little uh Dog and Pony Show on Fox Net Network here coming up later this week. You know, it's a new week. You know, look at the ten clowns. I don't know what, sixteen or seventeen now, eighteen. Folks, what you need to do is you need to control what you can here. You know, there was there's this there's a saying here. You know, God give me the wisdom to change the things that I can, the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, and the wisdom to know the difference. You need to go ahead and look. Get knowledge. Get serenity and get wisdom. And nobody else can do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. Okay? Oh, I play hope for whites. Folks, I have nothing but hope for whites. The Great Tribulation is the only hope for whites. There's no hope for the way things are going here. The situation, you know, it's, I, I've used this comment about the great, you know, during the Great War, World War I, which they called the Great War, the German staff said the situation is hopeless but not serious. Our goal is to make the situation serious but not hopeless. And they came close to winning the war, and not you know before the Americans came over, and they changed things from trench warfare to essentially infiltration infantry tactics using stormtroopers. That's where the term came from. Veteran troopers to essentially we you know instead of just going over the top and getting blown apart by machine gun artillery fire, they simply use cover of darkness to probe their way through the front lines and hollow out the opposing forces. It was an infantry solution. That was what the German Blitzkrieg was about, was using, you know, they didn't have the, they didn't have, you know, I mean, the French had more and better tanks than the Germans did. The Germans had the better tank tactics. So they defeated the French in what, 10, 15 days? 
any case. Folks, where there's life, there's hope. But you need to have your, you know, you need to go ahead and have hope in what's realistic. Do you have any control over these conservatives? Nope. Do you have any control over the mass of bigger herd animals? Nope. Do you have any control over niggers? Nope. Do you have any control over Jews? Nope. What do you have control over? Hopefully, the first place to have control is over your emotions, over your thoughts. There's going to be chaos coming. I'm just simply saying is that, hey, there's chaos, but you can take advantage of the chaos. Are you being disciplined? Are you being, well, you need be because the vast majority of people essentially are sheep. You being a true lone wolf, you're able to work together, but able to build a pack from the sheep. Don't expect to graft body fangs onto a sheep here, but when the sheep get desperate, they might mistake you being a lone wolf for being their salvation, their sheepdog. Okay? No California American anymore. Parts of Texas ain't American anymore. Florida ain't American anymore. New York City ain't American anymore. District of Corruption ain't American. Never was. These places are America. Well, folks, who gives a shit for America? Omuriqua, hmm? Zogling squirrels and zogling goings. <laughs> They didn't like my takeoff on that Toby Queef song here. It, you know, that was one of the things I got wrote up for racism on YouTube. I got to sort of watch myself here. Even though I, I went ahead, me and Roxy and Poopy Dog, we had uh, Martin Luther Kong uh, for supper. And his bones are going to become dog shit here again. Sort of like his, you know, previous incarnation back as a chicken here. So anyway, folks, <laughs> what changed you? Some of us were sheep. Some of us were workers. Thirty-five years ago, I targeted nuclear missiles for Zog. Zog trusted me. Well, 35 years later, I don't think Zog would trust me with nuclear weapons, want me anywhere near nuclear weapons. But folks, if I did have access to nuclear weapons, I'd probably be using on Zog. Things change. You can change. Get your head set on straight, white man. And only you can do it. You do it because of your, that's why Dewey Tech would say, your life force. You do it because you are what you are. The right wing has always believed in blood is above everything. Nature is above everything. Who and what you are and what you will become 
85 to 95% of it is determined when your father's white sperm met your mother's white egg. And you do, I believe, have free will. Only the white man, only the Israelite has free will. I disagree with Dewey, but I don't want you know I, I don't want to fight with him on his own show. But as I say I'm not a Yahweh cabbage. All right, I'm not a Yahweh cabbage. You know I don't believe that I was previous to becoming a Yahweh cabbage. I was an Elohim cabbage who helped build the raised bed garden so that I could be planted, come back as a Yahweh cabbage, essentially with no free will, essentially just sitting in the sun of Yahweh and growing Yahweh plasm, and then being, well, brought in for the winter here, you know, in the third heaven, and then put back out here, replanted here, come spring here, and essentially, you know, being quartered to where I'm producing four Yahweh heads of cabbage all the time here. Because really, if you don't have free will, you don't have any responsibility. You're really nothing more than cabbage. It doesn't really matter whether you're an Elohim Yahweh cabbage or a creation Yahweh cabbage. Because for all part of you don't have free will. What difference does it make? What and who you are? Maybe it's better, you know, it's better being a creation non-Yahweh cabbage, you know, Yahweh cabbage. Because then you don't have to worry about coming back again and again and again as a Yahweh cabbage until, guess what, you're ready to be a Christ cabbage. Without free will, without responsibility, and therefore without accountability for it. Now, I used to talk about robot, bots, and lab rats, now I'm talking about Yahweh cabbage. I'm not a Yahweh cabbage. Anyway, folks, I'm going to go ahead. It looks like there's a bunch of stops here at the four hour mark. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and call it a night. But like I was trying to explain is that sometimes it may not be Yahweh's will that you survive. No one can really understand Yahweh's will. But since you are his child, you have some freedom of choice. You know, I mean, talking about sin and sin offering is irrelevant, essentially, if you are, you know, I mean, essentially, any sin would be on Yahweh if you're just Yahweh cabbage without free will. I don't believe the six-day beasts of the field, I don't believe they have free will. I believe that you have free will if you are a son of Yahweh. So in order to exercise that free will, you've got to have your head on straight. Not become a mams or cabbage or something like that. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and call it night. Oh, hell, I'm looking at this horrific picture of this little white girl. Oh, okay, that was, it wasn't caused by niggers, it was caused by a skydiving accident, which I think is sort of stupid here, getting out of a perfectly acceptable plane and spending money on a guitar and on it. 
you know, so you can get fucked up. But anyway, I thought it was, you know, essentially niggers going ahead and attacking this little girl because, or young lady, because she was, uh, you know, you have a young lady who has been attacked by niggers. And folks, the, there are people that are responsible for it. I'm not talking about the niggers. There are the people who essentially allow these niggers to run wild. And I expect old Bongo, being a Jew nigger, you know, Jew nigger faggot, to essentially have any responsibility for it. He doesn't have any responsibility for anything. I expect Jews to act different. I expect Wiggers to be held responsible for that, for this shit that's going on. So anyway, you know, get your head straight here. Things are getting interesting. If you want to go ahead and spend money and set to the duck or the Jew boy with Jew ass gays like Linder or anybody, I'd advise you to spend it on yourself. I would advise you to buy more shotgun shells and more canned food, more garden seeds, cinder blocks for raised bed gardens. You know, essentially a gas, you know, a wood gas or coal gas generator to generate gas for, to run out, you know, to run a generator. I would urge you to live frugally, to live healthy, to live freely. And take care of yourself first. And then pretty well, let whatever herd of wigger, if you have any responsibility to them, let them fend for themselves. Soggling wigger and mams are herd, you know, herd animals. I don't think they have any claim upon you if you're a white man. I don't think they have any claim upon you unless you're a warlord. And essentially, you need to keep these herd animals as a lone wolf warlord to where they will support you. And you will lead them with a lot of iron. So anyway, that's it for tonight. I'm going to go ahead and say, where you circle the circle of crust? Uh, essentially, the circle of crust is, is a tale about, essentially, the circle of crust about the asshole of the bowel movement. The circle of crust, uh, you know, pretty well the circle of crust was the V-Bolton Forums, which had their rise in 2003 and pretty well have been second place to the second place to the WordPress blog for the past five years. And now you end up having Twitter. I mean, 140 characters of, well, kike shit, usually. Stupid wigger shit. You have less and less and less ability to think anything through of the bowel movement. Most of the circle of crust was simply, you know, a whole bunch of mod dick episodes run, run by a few... Intelligent writers like myself on occasion, Il Ragno, you know, Linder, Linder is not a great writer. David, you know, Donald, let's see, 
uh, Don Black. He's not a great writer. They're just mod dick entertainers at best. So, in case here, I'm going to go ahead and call it a night. You know, what I wanted to cover is that, hey, I think Dylan Storm Roof actually, because of the events, actually has, in the past year, you know, month and a half, has really advanced Civil War II has advanced the Great Tribulation because Zog Babylon is getting more and more chaotic, more and more compromised, more and more unable to handle it, far more than, say, Charles Manson wanted to start a race for. I was reading reading this thing from Jews Week from the Daily Beast, and they were blaming CI Dentistry for you know Dylan Roof. And I don't know if Dylan Roof knew anything about it. For which case you ought to be grateful. Anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and say Hail Victory. May Yahweh bless. And see if there's anything else. Good night. Oh I know Tor browser isn't uh secure. It's just my way of getting on there here. Tony Ortega. Well it looks like we have uh one of the gangster Bolsheviks here. Alright. May Yahweh bless. Hail victory. May Yahweh bless. And good night.